This episode is supported by Dove. Narrow beauty standards have permeated our feeds, perpetuating beauty ideals that can't be achieved in real life, impacting girls' self-esteem. To help combat this, the Dove Self-Esteem Project is taking action to support the next generation so they can have a positive experience on social media by providing free resources to parents, mentors, and educators. Dove is tackling the issue of digital distortion with Reverse Selfie, a film rooted in new research on body confidence from the Dove Self-Esteem Project. They're also providing a new confidence kit so that kids and parents can navigate social media with confidence and have a more positive experience online. Head on over to dove.com slash the selfie talk to download the new confidence kit and helpful tips to have the selfie talk today. But Alex. Yeah, Shane. Let's begin this episode. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. The babies are in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 107. And this is a pretty good one, right? Oh, it's a pretty damn good one, Shane. Well, I don't approve of the language, but I like the message <laughs> behind it. Who do we have? All right. So we are starting off with Linda Fruits, who I have been loving following on Instagram for ages. She's awesome. She's really funny. She's got a great vibe. If you follow her, you know what I mean. But she recently made headlines when she, you know, broke up with her husband because she realized through TikTok that she was actually attracted to women. Where did she make headlines? In like all these like different mothering um, websites like parents.com. Like that parents wow. is huge. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so she was attracted to women, found that out on TikTok. And then we just talk about her journey to self-discovery, breaking the news to her spouse, how they're navigating life going forward and, you know, her hopes for the future. But she was totally candid, totally raw. And that it, it's such a tricky thing because she's still in the process of that navigation because she's still living with her ex-husband yeah yeah wow. oh this and is uh, gonna be interesting oh it's fascinating and i haven't heard the interview that's why i say that i'm no you're you're yeah. gonna love it shane trust me and i'm so grateful for linda just being so open and honest with me next up we have abby and vith from trend family they're like probably the cutest couple going out of second cutest oh, get out of here but they really are they work together they know all about working together they don't just work together online but they have a couple businesses together so we talk about working with your spouse how to get through the tricky parts what good comes from that we talk love stories and lastly I loved this part. We play the newlywed game. That was a highlight, definitely. Truth be told, I felt like we were a little off our game in terms of being proper interviewers. <laughs> did, did you not feel that? You know, I was I was tired that day, but I was like, I was feeling good. I was having fun with it. And uh, uh, I, I just felt like I didn't have my S together. Well, you don't most days, but... Some days I do, though. I'm joking. I'm joking. I didn't you, have you time do. to prep it properly, and I think maybe that made me really nervous. No, it was a good one. they were lovely people and uh, very so fun and yeah. nice to us. I just think we should play the newlywed game more often. I would play it every day of my life if I could. It's, <laughs> it's honestly my favorite game. But Shane, I see you going for a sip. Cheers, baby. Oh. All right. What do, got, what do we have here? Tonight, we got the Seedlip Apple Highball. You know, it's fall. It's apple picking time. I wanted to stay kind of on that vibe. So we're drinking Seedlip Garden 108, a little bit of unfiltered apple juice, a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of maple syrup, and some soda water. It's very tasty. This I is know great. It is. Wow. I'm I taking know. it for granted all these uh, great drinks you're whipping up every week. I'm it's been, what, over a year? The perfect partner. Yeah. <laughs> you are. But yeah, babe, let's get into it. What you got? 
What do you mean what I got? You said specifically that you wanted to talk about some story you had. What do you got? Well, I got something. I didn't know if I should start with it or not. Well, I don't so, want it to ruin my flow. So, All right. So I, I just – I've been – Wanting to tell you, so I've been like so ragey and I have postpartum rage. Which you didn't is what need to tell me that. The I therapist knew that. To- told me I had, which I was kind of suspecting already. And it's just like ever since then, all these really frustrating things have been happening, whether it's at work or at home or whatever. And I've just, you know, it's it's all been adding up. Well, you had rage after your therapist appointment. I thought <laughs> I thought maybe right afterwards you'd be like Mary Poppins and very happy, but you were raging more after the therapist appointment than before the appointment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was So I'm assuming <laughs> I wasn't in a good mood. Okay, but you think the therapist is a good match for you or should we get a I, new I, one? You know what? I I need one to be maybe not less kind. I need a kind therapist, and she was amazingly kind. But I think one who is more tell you what to do, proby, like probing into things and telling me what to do. I need more of a tough love person. Not even a tough love person. I don't know. I don't know. Just based on how you acted after that appointment, I'm going to suggest we don't go back. You know what the thing I found annoying was, and I wasn't going to get into this, but like several times during our discussion. She said, oh, well, you know, let's talk about that next appointment or next week or future appointment or when we talk next week. And I kept thinking in my head, I was like, hold on. Like, it just feels like she's just carrot always dangling. Yeah. Oh, three appointments from now, I'll really give you the good (laughs) advice. No, that's that's what it was like. And it's like I felt like the whole time there was an undercurrent of you're going to spend more money with me and more money with me or like let's schedule you in now for another appointment. She, I even got an email and she was so sweet and so nice and she actually did say things that I found really helpful like very much but right the next day I got an email saying, okay, when do you want to reschedule for next week? What did you say? Nothing. I avoided it. Oh, you didn't even reply? No, because I was kind of offended that she was like, we didn't talk about going next week. I was kind of thinking this would be like a once a month kind of thing. Was she like, Alex, I think you may have avoidance (laughs) issues. (laughs) Please respond. We talked about that in my session. Oh, you did? So she knows all about it. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that because you are the type of person you'll never admit something's not good five minutes to 24 hours afterwards so for instance if we go out for a bad meal and we're in the car ride home and i say how was it you won't admit that it was bad but if i ask again the next day you'll come clean and say ah that wasn't very good so i thought you'd actually be honest with me now that enough time had passed yeah and and it is at all i honestly i did like her and i i did learn a lot in the session i thought it was helpful and i do think it would be helpful to go again i don't want to go every week I think I would be best to go once a month. I don't want to go more than that. Yeah. I, and I personally I'm all don't, for it. Whatever you want. Yeah. 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 So I was just kind of put off that she was already trying to get in my wallet again, I guess. Therapist listening. Take notes. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, so like I had this really annoying conversation at work. And it's maybe this is a segment. What's Alex raging about this week? But there's a couple things this particular week. But um, I'm sitting there in the lunchroom. Okay, and there's like nobody. They they stagger our lunches now at work so that people don't congregate in areas. It's COVID, yep. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there. I'm doing work on my phone. I'm probably editing a TikTok or something, okay? Like I'm getting busy. That sounds weird. I'm busy. And a woman who I, who I work with sits down across from me. 
and you know, like we're acquaintances, we're buds, like we're nice to each other, whatever. And uh, she, we just get talking. We're talking about working out for some reason. I was saying, oh yeah, Shane and I just bought a Peloton. Actually, it comes this week. Like I'm really excited. And she looks at me and she goes, you're not going to go back to the gym because they want you to get the jab, right? And you don't want the jab. Tone just shifted. I was like, no, no, I, uh, I got the jab. I'll get the booster jab when I need to. I want the jab. Give me all the jabs. So then she goes, oh, it's because the vaccine passport, right? You're against it. And I was like, no, for the passport. I'm for it. I got it downloaded on my phone. Shane and I are going out every week. We're loving the passport. Places are less crowded. We can always get a seat. It's true. <laughs> and I'm trying to make jokes and like <clears throat> lighten it up because I can tell she's anti-jab. She's anti-passport. And I'm just trying to change the conversation. And then she goes, Alex, why, uh, you know, why, why, why are you feeling like that? And I go, well, I, I think, you know, but you know, I have an autoimmune disease. She goes, yeah, you have lupus. Then I'm like, whoa, this woman has an incredible memory. Like I haven't spoken to her in three or four years. So you go, yeah. And she goes, do you know why you have lupus? And I was like, well, I think my doctors are still working on it, but I think, you know, it's a family thing. People in my family have it. And she goes, yeah, it's a family thing. Staring at her at this point, don't know what to say. She goes, you have an autoimmune disease because somebody in your family up to seven generations ago committed a horrible sin. And now through karmic energy, you are repaying for it. Okay, so somebody in my family up to but no more than seven generations ago did something bad. Well, it's hard to keep track of seven (laughs) generations. Who knows? But because of that, now me and my baby have lupus. And I just said that back to her to see if she could hear how that sounded. She goes, yes. And she's just looking at me straight and she goes, do you feel that? And I'm like, no, no, not with an ounce of me. That's not my belief system. But hey, you're entitled to feeling that if you want. She's like, look into it. You're going to figure it out. And then she just got up. This and was left. at a Catholic school, too. Yes. Right? Wow, that's interesting. How, does, is that alarming to you? Everything was alarming, especially the look she gave me. When she looked dead in my eyes and then just said, you're going to figure it out, got up and left. And it was like twilight zone I don't know, but I feel like she almost put a hex on me. It peed me off so much because like, what if I was like, I'm feeling good about lupus, whatever. Managing symptoms. My kid is pretty much fine. But what if I was in the period of my life where I was having a really difficult time with my diagnosis or in the middle of a flare up? Like when I had to go on prednisone, Shane, and was freaking out and having like suicidal ideations essentially right what if it was during that period yeah that wouldn't be good that's an awful thing to say to somebody and it's so oversteps your boundary like i never asked for that it made it made me so angry and i probably came home and gave you heck that night so i'm sorry (laughs) well (laughs) it's gonna be hard to pin down which night of the week it was because i feel like that's been a common theme in this house sorry i'm sorry i love you i'm sorry i love you too but yeah so this is good advice so people listening if you're a therapist let's take it easy i'm putting the pressure on for future appointments and if you're a co-worker maybe don't bring up generational sins Because it's just going to put a damper on, like, there's no good way to respond to that if you hear that, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and don't bring up your coworkers' autoimmune diseases without, you know. I think of- bringing up the autoimmune diseases is fine, but the generational sins is so where weird. it gets weird, I think. So weird. Okay, can we, can we move on to my part? Oh, let's do it. Which is actually about, it's so strange, generational sins. What? 
No, no, it's not. So you went to Mom Fest. How? How you? You met Renee, former pod guest, the yeah. Mom Room, uh, with the Honest Mom Diary. I, these names are all similar, so I don't get them right. But no, yeah, they are like a Diary of an Honest Mom, Happy as a Mother, uh, and then and then Jess from Our Mama Village, who was a two-time podcast guest. Actually, you're the only one that didn't have the word Mom in the title. Did, I know. Did that make you feel a little bit of an outcast? You what, also had the least amount of followers. I was going to say what made me feel like an outcast was having the least amount of followers. So I told Shane, I was like, I'm going into this. I know my role. I'm going to go into this as the connector, as the fun person. And that's the role I played. And I had so much fun doing that. Not only hanging out with those girls, because we all went to dinner together beforehand, but we went to the event together. And then there I met so many more people, whether they were listeners of the podcast. By the way, the listeners of the podcast who came up and said how much you love the podcast. Thank you so much. That meant so much to me. And I was so excited to tell Shane about it. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) That, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that after, but I was super excited to tell Shane and it honestly made my night. But once we're at the event with everybody, everybody's going up to each other and complimenting each other and saying, oh, hey, like we messed each other this one time. And it was, everybody was fast friends. Like, I'll put it that way. Well, I saw you ladying and the tramping a cotton candy <laughs> with Renee. And during these covid times, I didn't know, like, sh- even if you're doing that, should you be filming that? I didn't know what to. I guess you're double vaxxed. Her, her husband's a physician. Yeah. So he's he's super careful. And, you know, Renee doesn't do she's a. Like, she doesn't go anywhere. We were talking about that a lot. Like, we're both very careful. So who, I felt super comfortable. Who is the most fun mommy influencer? I had a great time with Renee, the mom room. We had so much fun together. But then I met other women there also who I had a great time with. She was a friend of somebody. Her name was Axa. And her and I, I'm telling you, like, we were best friends. Our best friends. I think we're soulmates in a way. And I'd love to see her again. Any, I don't know, male strippers that you got along with while you were there? They were bartenders, Shane. You actually weren't storing that much, and for good reason. Because <laughs> these guys were like Chippendale-style bartenders, yeah. in air quotes. It was pretty And wacky. they were grinding up on the women in a no. way that I must say you might not like if I went to a dad party and there was 100%. Maxim models. 100%. And I came home and made it known that that was not happening Near were they me. trying to grind you? Of course not. Of course not. No, they were bartending all night. And then at the end of the night, the host of the party brought them out for like some funny pictures with her and them. And her husband was there. So it was like, you know, what do you like a PR thing, basically. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I do not think it's the same thing. I do acknowledge that it's a different, yeah. funnier vibe with male strippers yeah I'm, I'm it's just, so yeah. different but then there were there were a couple uh folks who were really letting loose and the chippendales bartenders were more than happy to oblige uh a grind That's so they're cool and unexpected that a mommy blogger event got so wild it got it got pretty wild yeah it got really wild did uh security have to separate anyone or like- <laughs> No, no. But um, I didn't tell you this part. I was animatedly talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. I use my hands a lot when I speak. And I was like flapping like I I was actually telling a story. Can I guess where this is going? Yes. You touched one of their penises inadvertently? (laughs) Oh, okay. Another woman was walking by and she had a wine glass. And I just like 
spiked the wine glass out of her hand, full force, smashed all over the dance floor, glass. So I then went uh, to find somebody with a mop, and they cleaned it all up for me. Man. <laughs> did Were they cool about that? Or? Oh, everybody was fine. And then I just told everybody, I said, guys, this happens to me on a good day, you know, 9 a.m. I'll pull something like this. But... Which is true. Can you deny that? No, I'm not going to deny that. That's, that's you. You're a clumsy person. Who's your least favorite mommy blogger? <laughs> what a question. None of them. They're all great. Okay. Honestly. And how do you think you, like, you know, you're always telling me how to behave when I'm out. There's all these rules and communication. How do you think you fared in that aspect? Well, in regards to communication, I communicated with you as I would like to be communicated with. And I was trying to set an example. So, you know, I left mom fest at like 11 and then, you know, was chilling when I was in my room, maybe 1145. I was like, ah, before I go to bed, I'm going to call my loving okay, I'm husband. Gonna st- <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. So I've never been home alone with the children before. I've looked after them for nap time, but never having two children, mm-hmm. both, you know, Lucy's three, Betty's one in a bit. And it was a little nerve wracking for me because Betty's breastfed and she doesn't necessarily take to the bottle. So I was worried about midnight feedings or Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night feedings, getting her to bed in general, uh, balancing Lucy, who has this butthole problem right now. She has a butthole infection or something. No, she has a UTI. Okay. Potato, potato. Different different area. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, she has an infection right now. Yeah. And she's waking up quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And you had prepped me, Shane, get ready. You might be up most of the night. So I asked you, when will I most likely be waking up? And you said, well, 2 a.m. is is a given. Like, that's going to be the time Betty probably wakes up. But who knows? Sometimes it might be anomalous and you'll get lucky. So (laughs) I'm trying to get to bed at like 10 p.m. Because I'm a type of person, once I wake up Mm -hmm. for a a prolonged period, I don't get back to sleep. So I'm thinking tops tonight. I'm probably going to get four hours sleep. But hey, that's one night and that's fine because I have sleeping issues. So I'm just thinking I'm going to take it like a man or whatever. (laughs) Anyway, Lucy goes to bed like a dream that night while you're out partying with your mom friends. Betty goes to bed instantly. I'm still nervous about it, though. And it's one of those things where you start looking at the clock and you're like, oh, I only have this much time to go to sleep and thinking Mm -hmm. about how little time it keeps you up. Also, I always fall asleep listening to podcasts, but now I have to fall asleep listening to the monitor and I can't have my headphones connected to and listen to a podcast while the monitor is going also. So I decide to sleep on the couch. Play the TV to be my background noise and have the monitor beside my head in case any crying goes off. I finally fall fall asleep (laughs) at about 1130. Right. (laughs) And and I have this fear that I'm going to fall asleep, but I'm not going to hear the monitor if Betty cries. Mm -hmm. And the monitor is always hooked up to your phone so you can hear. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm gone. Even if you're gone, you can hear when Betty cries. And I don't want you to think I'm being neglectful or not <laughs> not, not taking it seriously. So the phone rings at 11.50. I go, ah! I jump out. My heart's jumping out of my chest. I'm like, oh my God, like what happened? You're going to yell at me and say, Betty's going nuts. Where are you? I'm like, hello. You're like, hi. Like, Alex, what's wrong? I just had the best night. 
and people loved you and they love our podcast all this I'm like don't don't do this what, what do you what why are you calling me oh sorry okay yeah i'm sorry i'm like alex i'm so mad at you right now like bye hang hang up i'm furious my heart's pounding out of my chest and i'm also angry at you and I don't know what to do. Do I send you a long email? Like I have so many thoughts on how you should never do that. I'm two hours away from the time Betty wakes up. I'm not going to go back to sleep. So I'm just sitting there stewing. And I take melatonin to go to sleep every yeah. night, which is debatable whether that's healthy or not. A lot of people will probably say it's not. But I grab another melatonin. So I've already taken 10 milligrams of melatonin. And I know it can upset your tummy You're if you gone. take... And that, that's... So... <laughs> Stop I didn't know you're going here. I love that you're doing this. I love it. And then I take half of another melatonin. Right. And I know it's going to make my tummy feel weird. I finally fall asleep at 3 a.m. <laughs> and then I wake up and I've shat my pants. <laughs> like a gooey <laughs> type of shit. And it's disgusting. And it feels like pee, but it's poo out my bum. It's not funny. It's not funny. And then I basically just take my underwear off, put it in the tub, and turn the hot water on to, I don't know, sterilize the undies. And I I got back to sleep maybe at 6 a.m. Of course, Betty slept until 8, 8 a.m., didn't wake up once in the night. And Lucy woke up at 7.30, which normally she's up at 6, according to you. Yeah, every morning. So anyway, I wasn't happy with you. But of course, when you came home, was I nice? Yeah, of course. I was pretty cool, right? Yeah, I know you were great. And I didn't bring it up. No, you were great. And then... You brought it up, but like we talked about it and then it was over. Yeah, well, it just... Because I, I, you had to cl- wash my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it up. <laughs> and then a couple nights later, I went out to a Raptors game. I got these Raptors tickets. Yeah, pretty sweet. Good ones, too. It was the season opener. So I'm thinking, okay, you went out on Monday. Normally I wouldn't do this, but Nona sleeps over on Wednesday night. So you have help if anything should go awry. And then uh, the night went quite late because my friend Greg got engaged. So it was kind of a faux engagement party last minute thing. There was drinks and I think I ended up falling asleep between 3 and 4 a.m. Right. Which is late, admittedly. That's Mm -hmm. like very late. And since I had gone through this hellish experience of being woken up, in the middle of the night or when I was just had just fallen asleep, I said, I'm not going to send her in a like, I love you or night text or something. And often when I do that, you're like, what are you doing up at three or something? It just ends up in some weird conversation. So I don't do it. I come home <laughs> and when you like, I'm like, everything's somewhat fine. I take a little bit of a nap because I need just a little snooze because mm-hmm. I didn't get a ton of sleep. And I've, I had maybe I was overserved at a bar or something. <laughs> and then I get all these angry texts from you. You come home oh my and God. just feed it to me. Oh, my God. All, all night. OK, wait, I'm cutting in. So, first of all, there was no conscious decision the night you were out to be like, oh, I'm not going to do this to Alex because she's probably sleeping. You just forgot. No, no, you just forgot or didn't want to because you didn't want to text. No, no, it's very late. Back. It's very late. And to get the way I'm thinking from you is if I'm texting you that late, 
You might be like, where are you? Did you get a hotel? And you have all these questions for me. Well, I probably would have said, oh, I, like, do you guys make it to a hotel? And you've been like, no, stay at Greg's house. And I'm like, okay, great. Have a good night, babe. <laughs> love you. And then you're like, love you, light of my life. And then we're asleep and fine. No, and I don't want to give you all that bother and keep you up. What if my text I'm wakes a, you up? I'm up as it is. And then if I don't hear from you, I have a harder time sleeping. So like, I have such a hard time if I'm the only one home and if you're out, like, if I don't Nona hear from was you, here. Nona was in no, the house I, too. I know, but if you're out, but like you weren't the only one in the house. No, I'm just saying when you're out. So like when you're out, I have a hard time if I don't hear from you. And I wake up so many times and I with the kids because they sleep like like hellions when it's when mm, I'm home. This may be a myth. It's not, and so I'm up so much anyway. So I'm like, if I'm not hearing from you, I'm like, oh, why didn't he text me? It's one a.m. Well, why didn't he text me? It's three a.m. Point is mistakes happen. and then what? the next day the texts weren't all angry they started off very very nice and then when you were sleeping which i didn't know and not responding to them then i was like yo what's up at the end i, I was kind of peeled i know and then you carried on all night and it it just didn't seem very emblematic or whatever the way i was treating you and it wasn't mirroring my behavior and i found it to be a little bit i don't know uncool well, yeah, but I was trying to solve it so that next time I could be met at a place that I feel comfortable with when you're gone. Oh, and you couldn't do that through rational discussion? Oh, I could. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to, if we're overall rating who got the better spousal rating for going out, who, who would get that better? Well, you rating? got the sleepy time call, which I wish I got. So you won in this case? You thought that was considerate towards <laughs> you, me? You think that was a good idea? Knowing me and my sleep issues? Anyway, okay. We went on a trip to Genanaque. And on the trip was my mom, my sister, my stepdad, Brad, and their dog. How was it being in close proximity to your in-laws? Well, I overall had an awesome time. And I was really happy to be able to make those memories, like with the girls and your mom. But it was it was high anxiety. Oh yeah, I'm not a high anxiety person, and that was a high anxiety trip. <laughs> there are some there are some pros and cons. <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll just say the best pro was making memories with the girls and their grandma, and spending that time together was incredible. Yeah, but you got fleas or bed bugs. I got something, guys. I don't know what it was, and I haven't been able to sleep well ever since. But like. I got mauled by something. Do we think it's fleas or bed bugs? Shane, I think it was bed bugs. And yeah. don't worry, guys. Like, I, I brought my stuff home. Everything immediately went to the sanitized cycle in the wash and then in the dryer. I didn't bring uh, anything into the house that was um, in the room. Mm -hmm. And really took precautions to make sure that nothing, you know, that nothing could be crossed over. But I looked like I did the bed bug check the second we got in there because this is one of my worst freaking nightmares is to get bed bugs from a hotel. I hate it. And it was the most predictable hotel oh, to get bed bugs or fleas. It was such a crappy place. They, they allowed animals there, which is fine. I'm not saying if you have animals in your hotel, you're a bad hotel, but you're more likely to get bitten by fleas maybe. Yeah. And... You know, they have a sign as soon as you walk in. It's like, do not remove anything. We have your driver's license <laughs> on file. Anything from the room will be charged to you. We know how to reach you. And then it had a note. It's like, and if you leave anything behind, we, we know where you live and we can send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, of course, you left your earrings behind. I love gold earrings. And, and called them and like, hey, I, I left my earrings behind. Could you send them? 
they go, we don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. I saw in the sign that threatens if you steal anything that you'll also send back any valuables that are left behind. It's like, where's that sign? Like, there's a placard on the wall. I, I told him exactly. I said, there's a black placard on the wall beside the door on the left side. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and he sent it. So, yeah, we were trying to save money on the room, but there was, you know, we still wanted to go out for dinner. It was tough. It was a tough situation. Yeah, it was really weird. I'm big on knowing your order when the waiter comes Mm -hmm. and you muddle around a little bit. But Tiff and my mom and Brad, they really mess with that waiter. (laughs) Like (laughs) they they got them going. Yeah. Yeah, no, so we, but so that was really tough and like uh, cringy, I would say. That's probably what the kids would be calling it. But um, we had a great time just hanging out in the hotel rooms. Yeah, that was the best. The The, the first night we thought maybe they didn't want to hang with us because they didn't come out with their room. But the second night we barged in their room. We made everyone crack open drinks and yeah. we got responsibly tipsy, I'll call it. Yeah. And had a great time bonding with my my mom who I obviously hadn't seen in a long time like mm-hmm. she's been immunocompromised for quite a bit she has cancer diagnosis and it was just awesome to yeah. connect with her in that way which I haven't done so long no yeah, it was so much fun that the hanging out in the hotel was the best and that's we're never going to a, a restaurant again with them ever and we're just going to do takeout and house hangs yes yeah perfect um but yeah I just wanted to touch on that a little bit we did go on a trip I thought we'd talk about it those are some pros and cons we learned a lot about ourselves and you know hanging with uh in-laws and parents is always interesting yeah and i will say folks who uh the listeners who are like oh my god alex actually got bit by bed bugs yes probably and i i did do the check and i just want to let you know like the check isn't good enough. So I, okay, I checked the mattress, right? Like for signs of squished bed bugs for their feces or for actual live things. Like checked in all the little crevices. And then I even did a check where I was laying in the bed for 20 minutes with the lights off to like draw them out. And then you check under you the You did pillow. that before you got bitten? Yeah. Wow. Shane, I, didn't like, know you knew, I didn't know you even suspected it. Anytime you and I stay at a place, I do this. Okay. Because I, I'm so terrified of it. Because they're so easy to bring other places. So then I did this thing and then I got out of bed. I looked and nothing was creeping, crawling anywhere. Anywhere. And so freaking still, guys. They, they come out at night. They're good at hiding. Could also <sighs> have been fleas, though. That was a, It smelled really weird in that room. Like it smelled like dog cover-up. It smelled like they tried to spray a floral thing to get rid of a dog cover-up. Yes. Okay, then I had two other little topics. We got a Peloton. It's very hard to clip in on a Peloton. That's And what I mean by clipping in is you, you buy special shoes and it has a clip on and just getting in the bike is very difficult. So watch out for that. I'll say we've yet to be able to ride on the Peloton. So, But Big Mama did come home and fix that for you. You did. You figured out how to clip in and out. Yeah. You weren't able to show me how to clip out. So I was trapped on the Peloton. But then I wow. looked up a YouTube tutorial, which... Help me clip out. Your fault um, for being a goober. Our renovation, our home renovation has totally fallen apart. Alex spent I'm, months. I'm doing this in the uh, in Oh, the you are? Okay, never mind. Well, let's get to our <laughs> first guest. Who is? Linda Fruits. But before we get to Linda Fruits, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by Bravado Designs. They make the best bras that you can get your hands on, get your boobs into. You need to check them out. I was introduced to Bravado Designs when I was pregnant with Lucy and sent Shane to the store to pick me up a bra. And guys, 
my life has been better for it since. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I just have a way around the bra shop. Husband of the year, husband of the year 2018, actually, when that happened. But it truly has been, what, three and All a half years? All downhill since, yeah. <laughs> no, it's been great. And I got to say, the bras do play a part because they are so practical. They're so comfortable. And they just leave you with a great looking silhouette. And I am not alone in thinking this. I was looking at the rating on well.ca. They have a 4.8 out of 5, which is hard to maintain, especially since there's 26,990 reviews at that point. That is insanely high. It's a great bra. Everyone thinks so. So you can go and get your hands on one of the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com. Or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection. These bras have no clips. They're not for nursing mothers. They are just for everyday wear. And you can get those at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off your entire order. So again, that is bravadodesigns.com and thisfamilytree20. And now let's get to our interview with Linda. Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so happy that we were able to make this work out. Me too. Me too. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So I've been like, you are such a joy, I got to say, to follow on social media. And truly, there aren't many in the parenthood community who I am like, oh, they're a joy to follow. Like, I get. No, but really, it's. It's a lot of the same shit all the time. It's a lot of the same shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I appreciate and I've always appreciated uh, your humor, your willingness to be vulnerable. I know you talk about anxiety and depression a lot. And these were things that I never had any experience with until motherhood, until postpartum. Same. And it's so relatable in those ways. So I want to ask, what is the importance of humor to you? Like, why is that so forefront to your everything you do? Like when my kids were little and I was struggling, like hardcore, like questioning every decision I've ever made in my life that led me up to having children (laughs) and wondering like, like, I can't be the only one who feels this way, right? Like it just can't be just me. And so that's when I started my account and I didn't really know the kind of tone I was going to take. Um, I just knew that I like needed to connect with someone who felt the same way. Right. Like, and I obviously didn't dream of be still doing it almost four years later, you know, like it was just kind of like a, I have a newborn, I'm dying. Let me see if anyone else is. Yeah. (laughs) And so I, it really became this like therapeutic part of my day when the kids napping or sleeping or, you know, crying their head off, I would write down my feelings. And, you know, that is like a practice that therapists encourage you to do when you're in turmoil. And so it just happened to be that I was posting it on the internet (laughs) for other people's amusement. But amusement and relatability, right? I think every time I've spoken to somebody in this world, it always comes from a place of like trying to not selfishly, but trying to get something out of it for yourselves. Like I feel alone. This is weird. And then it turns into something where it's, there's so much reciprocity. Everybody's getting something from it. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what would a therapist say, do you think? Like the fact that, because I I do something very similar to you, right? And I I blab about it on the podcast. I blab about it on social media. What do you think they'd say about 
doing that, writing down, talking about our feelings, but then sharing it for that, not necessarily validation, or maybe it is validation. Like if I, if I get depressed about something, I'm currently, I was told I had postpartum rage. This is a total new thing for me. I was told that this earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And it is validation for me. Like I'm putting it out there. Other people are like, oh, hey, I've been through that too. And it makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, because like we think that we have to do it alone and like the feelings we have, we think that we're the only one because not everybody, you know, yeah. is talking about it. It's much more prevalent today because I think that stigma of like being the perfect mom is like slowly breaking down, even just like within ourselves. So I told my therapist, uh, what I do about motherhood. Like when I started seeing a therapist, I'm like, I've got motherhood like figured out, right? Like I talk about it and it helps me and it helps other people. So like that works. It's like this two-way street. And she's like, that's awesome. You know, like not everyone can do that. Not everyone is going to get that like responsive feedback like I do because just depending on like the audience, like if it's not there yet, right? Like if you're still growing and uh, she, she was like, happy for me, you know, that I had like, like that was my tools yeah. to work through motherhood. And um, obviously when they're really little, it's really traumatic. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, sometimes I have to like really think about what's really stressing me today when I write something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you started when your kids were already born and what were you going yeah. through? Like, were you going through PPD or was it something different? So, I definitely had uh, postpartum anxiety. Yeah. Strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I had no clue that that was even a thing that I could yeah. get help for. And like, I had heard about uh, postpartum depression. I feel like they go hand in hand. Like you kind of have a little bit of one, you might have a little bit of another. Right. So I probably had that too. I just know the anxiety was definitely like the mask that I was wearing and dealing with constantly. And then like, when you talk about rage, like for sure. I for sure had that. Like, like I definitely wanted to like, I don't know, come out of my own body, like turn into the Hulk, right? Like it was there. I felt it. That's what it is. That's how I feel. It's like I was describing this to, I went to therapy for the very first time on Monday. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Thanks. You know, honestly, like it felt good, but it was also weird. Yeah. I felt like I was rambling because I was like, if I just put all my stuff on the table right now, then it'll save me money from like digging through this in later appointments. And that was we my- are the same person. <laughs> we are the same person. I did the same thing. I'm like, here's all my drama. Here, here you go. Well, I'm like, I I can make the connections. I know why I'm this way. Like, I can tell you every instance in my life that led me to being this way. Just tell me what to do. Like, all I exactly. want is somebody to like yell at me and tell me what to do. That's what I need. But she's I was I was ex- describing this rage to her because I dealt with postpartum anxiety with my first. But this feeling is so different. It's like I'll go from super happy, like literally dancing around my kitchen, like kissing everybody, like my husband, my kids singing to like seeing a plate on the counter and just like pausing and wanting to combust like it feels like there is like the hulk some kind of monster trying to get out and it's it's a violent feeling yes, and it's crazy very much so yeah like you, you know when they say like you see red like mm-hmm. yes. that's that's a real thing you see red you just all of a sudden like nothing is right anymore and mm-hmm. it's like you said like you were just so happy like yeah. it's the extreme um switch yeah 
Like if my, I make dinner and I'm so happy and I'm like, oh, like he took a bite, everything's great. And then he stops eating. And then I'm like, like, fuck. And it's <laughs> so, it's so at odds with everything that you're meant to feel Yeah. when you're leading, especially if you're leading a, a happy life, right? Cause mm-hmm. I am leading a happy life. I like what's going on in life, but it's like, what, why am I capable of such rage? And then there's so many other feelings like guilt, shame, whatever for feeling that way. And Mm -hmm. it's terrible. So how do you cope with that? Other than like, as we've said, write it down and tell lots of people. I, uh, I make TikToks as well. That's also really good. (laughs) You know, um, I don't think I've ever been able to keep a thought to myself. And so I do have like really great mom friends that like, I just uh, let it out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually postponed doing therapy for a hot second. I did it for like a month, like same as you. I just really needed to like work through something in particular. And I felt like um, we did that. And then also because of finances, I'm like, let me just take a little pause and I'll come back. Expensive. Yeah. It is. It's very much so. And I'm like, I can't like, like, we'll we'll wait a second. Like I feel better, you know, like we're working through it Mm -hmm. and I'll I'll come back to it. Right. But overall, like the communication, like telling the people around me what I'm feeling has really helped me get through it. So like, for example, obviously the husband's always at like the brunt of the situation. Right. So telling him yeah I'm like I feel like I'm about to lose my shit I need to go take like a 20 minute bath take the kids out of the house I don't want to hear them (laughs) I need that like Mm -hmm. and being the type of person that I am actually asking for that or realizing when I need that was also part of the process like acknowledging that um I needed some help was hard for me Mm -hmm. and and asking for it was like level up (laughs) Yeah, no, and and that's what basically what I came out with at the end of my appointment. She's like, "Look, you're not as happy as you seem. Like maybe you're happy, but you're more stressed out than you are actually letting yourself acknowledge." So she's like, "Find out what you're stressed out about, attack those first, and then hopefully that'll help the rage not happen." So that's what I'm trying to do. That's how I'm going through this week and going to go through uh-huh. next week. But Good for you, <laughs> thank you. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But Linda, you mentioned TikTok. You mentioned that being a cathartic experience. And that's really what I want to get into today is TikTok. Because you and TikTok have an interesting, life-changing relationship. (laughs) It's been life-changing. So you, of course, and a lot of people I know have read your article in Parents Magazine, figured out that you were gay because of TikTok. Yeah, and it sounds so simple right like it sounds so like how how does that even happen right like Like, to a 30 year old like (laughs) right yeah but that's the thing people ask me that all the time I'm like it wasn't just one right and now my it's like my for you page is like filled with this like because I guess I interact with the videos of people explaining how they came to this later in life. Like they call it like late in life lesbian. So I get that content now and it's also super reassuring Mm -hmm. and like uh, helps me understand myself even more. You know, it's like TikTok isn't just teenagers dancing, right? That didn't do it for me. Let me just make that very clear. (laughs) That wasn't, that wasn't the tip of the iceberg. Um, But, you know, it's people really um, being their authentic selves in whatever 
aspect that they are. Like mm-hmm. TikTok comes with a sense of like vulnerability and authenticity that people are willing to like share stuff that they wouldn't necessarily necessarily share on like Instagram or like Facebook because it's become a little pretentious and um, mm-hmm. everybody's posting like those picture perfect family photos. No one's gonna go on there and talk about like a rant about how they feel and what's bothering them. And TikTok does that. It's a safe space almost. Um, and so I started watching videos or no, sorry, TikTok started showing me videos of like this kind of like masculine woman that I had never seen before. Like I'm, I've always been, um, you know, quote unquote, like gay friendly my whole Mm -hmm. life. Like I have friends, I go to the things I used to work in the nightclub. Like it's just part of like my upbringing. And I never questioned myself. Like, is that for me? And also, I don't think I really ever saw like, or maybe my guard was up. Like, there's a lot of things that I can attribute to, like the delay of um, awakening. But so TikTok, as you know, it has an algorithm. And as you watch something, you don't even have to click like or comment. You watch that whole video, they're going to show you another one. And so I would even send these videos of these these women to my friends. And I'm like, like, she's hot, right? Like, it's not just me. Like, this is like, she's drop dead gorgeous. And like, I can, um, everything's still okay. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In my life. And they would agree with me. And I'm like, okay, great. Uh, carry on, you know, like literally a couple weeks later, I'm like, like I'm getting like butterflies watching these videos. I'm like, something is up. <laughs> so more than just like an appreciation of the beauty or whatever. Yeah. It's like an actual feeling that it's causing at this point. Yeah. And like I straight up developed like a crush on someone I have never met and I have never done that before. I always identified as like, I think they call it like demisexual where you like have to get to know someone like their okay. personality. Like I always identified as like that kind of a person. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting here, I've seen like three videos and I have a crush on someone. I'm like, okay, that's new. That's very new. Okay. <laughs> very, very new for me. (laughs) Obviously, uh, I told my husband and I, at that point I was like, I'm probably just like bisexual. It's no big deal. And, um, wait, 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 wait. I I gotta ask about that before we go on. So telling your husband, is this like, just like a, you know, sitting in bed pillow talk being like, I might be bi because I'm like attracted to this person and just kind of brushing it off. Or is it an emotional sit down? I might be bi type of talk. So I thought it was going to be the first one. Okay. (laughs) And um, I was like following him around the house, like, like a puppy dog trying to get it out of my mouth. And I didn't realize it was going to be so hard, right? Like who cares? He knows, like I have like kissed girls in the past. It's not a big deal. Right. But getting it out was so hard. So I'm like following him around. I'm like, just say it, just say it, just get it. All you have to do is like project the words out. It's not that difficult, Linda. And uh, he goes into the bathroom and closes the door. And I'm like, oh, I was going to say it. (laughs) So I like tell him, I'm like, I got to talk to you. Can you please come out? (laughs) And so I didn't expect it to be this really emotional thing. I started crying and I was like, I didn't even like, I didn't want anything to change in our lives. I just wanted to tell him so we can like joke about it. Cause that's who I am. And I want to send him the videos and I just want to be open. Like yeah. I realized when I, I was like keeping it a secret all of a sudden that that's why I needed to talk about mm-hmm. it. 
And so it became very emotional and we were navigating this, like what this means for us. You know, we have never talked more in our relationship than we have the last like two months, right? Like all feels all the time, like being super brutally honest about how things make us feel. And it's, it's, it's been really beneficial for our friendship, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, but as I, so I was having like severe anxiety before telling him and um, I told him and I felt better, but I still felt really nervous. And like my therapist mentioned something about how, like, you know, if you have turmoil on the outside, you're going to feel turmoil on the inside. So meaning that like, I wasn't done telling my story or how I felt right. Like uh, my body knew I wasn't finished. And so I really did some like thinking and digging and like talking to other women who have been through similar situations. And I started analyzing every single relationship I've ever had in the past. Every single one, they all end the same. I was dating really wonderful human beings mm-hmm. the second half of my adult life. <laughs> it always <laughs> takes us. Doesn't count. No, it, it takes us a while to find the wonderful ones, right? It does. Yeah. It does. And, and my husband is no exception. He is absolutely wonderful. Um, and so I was thinking like, wow, every single one of my relationships ended the same way. I no longer uh, wanted to be intimate and I couldn't, I couldn't force myself. And it was usually right after like the newness wears off, right? Like it happened fairly quickly. So like honeymoon phase, the second the honeymoon phase is gone, you have no like sexual desire for them anymore. Yeah. And were these all like hetero relationships? Yes. Yeah. All, all, yeah. I kept dating men. Right. Mm -hmm. And because growing up, like nobody told me I couldn't date women, Mm -hmm. but I also didn't know that I could. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. It's, it's a weird thing to just like accept something and just go with it. And that's pretty much what I was doing. And I was also like kind of always pursued by men, right? Like there was always someone trying to uh, like date me. And so I never was like single long enough to really mm-hmm. figure that out. Um, I literally have had a boyfriend since I was like 14 years old, right? Like it's just always been that way. So anyways, the anxiety, like I realized that I, if I had to be honest, like, and it was really hard to say, I was like, I don't, I'm never going to want to have sex again, like with you. And like, and I had to be, because it's been that way for like four years. So wait, so you were, you were realizing that you had to tell your husband, you never wanted to have sex with him again. Yeah. Like that's hard. Linda. Yeah. I was sobbing. Right. Like, because we had been working on this and we kept blaming it on the kids and blaming it on not sleeping, but none of those things are prevalent anymore. Right. Like I just had to be really honest. And again, thinking about every other relationship and the same thing happening, I'm like, it's not them. That's the problem. It's not, it's me. And not that it's a problem. It's just like, I needed to figure out why that was happening. You know, he, Obviously, that's not what you want to hear from your, your wife, right? No, well, it, it gives you, regardless <laughs> of the reason, there's yeah. it, it's there's a sense of rejection there, right? Yeah, and like, as someone I genuinely care about, like, he is this really wonderful friend, human father. Like, I was like, I didn't want that to be the truth, right? And so, again, new conversations, new figuring what this means. And, you know, we don't hate each other. We never fight. Like we are a really great team. And that's what took so long for us to get to this, Mm -hmm. right? Because 
everything was great. It's just the intimacy and the, like, I never really wanted him to like touch me or kiss me. You know, I was like the physical part. I checked out and um, how, how old are your youngest? He is two. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so like, again, we kept blaming it on like having young children. Like everybody does. Everybody. Like it makes so much sense. I am the most physically physical needing person in the world. And even after kids, like I get it. I'm still like needing touch and stuff like that personally, but I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also like I would make jokes about it online, of course. And all the moms were like agreeing with me. So I'm like, okay, it's just me. No big deal. Keep trucking on. Right. (laughs) As you've been doing your whole life. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I had the validation, like, okay, it's just like part of like the process. And I, I'm still saying women go through that period. Yeah. Like that's not, not everyone's mm-hmm. a lesbian after they have kids. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> if that's just how it worked out? Right. <laughs> like that's, that's what nature wants to happen. Right? You're, when you're done having kids, you turn into a lesbian. It kind, it kind <laughs> of works though, for a lot of reasons. And the more women I talk to, the more I could see that being a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. that happened to me, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, but wait, I, I, I got to backtrack for a second because I, yeah. I am so curious. So before you told your husband the part where you're like, I don't want to have sex with you anymore, because that is, that's like huge, right? That's a bomb. When you just told him, like, I think I'm bi, and it turned out to be this emotional talk, what was his reaction? How did he handle that? So he at first was like, as long as you still love me, like, we'll get through this. Right. And he was like, I don't actually want you to live the rest of your life without like experiencing this part of you either. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he's really like open-minded when it comes to that stuff, which would make sense. Like, that's why he's my partner in life. Right. Like we just get along for a lot of reasons. And so he was like willing to let me like have a girlfriend. Right. And just like, see how that made me feel. Do you think that he thought it would end up leading you back to him and just being like, okay, I've experimented with that and now I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That Mm -hmm. was like the idea that I would feel more fulfilled. Right. That was like the goal. And like, as I was like trying to like make connections with like other women, of course he wanted to be like a part of it. And I kept I didn't want him to like be a part of it. I wanted it to be private. I didn't want him like reading my messages. Like I wanted it to be my own thing. And that's one of the red flags for him as well. Like I didn't want to, I don't don't even know. Like I didn't want to share that information. I wanted it to be my own thing. (laughs) And then again, then I realized like, I really had to think about this. Like what, what am I doing? Like, And, you know, when I told him, obviously it was hard, but that anxiety, I felt like a sense of freedom and relief Mm -hmm. that I no longer, because he never pressured me to be intimate ever. It was me pressuring myself because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. You know, we say women are supposed to please their husbands and it's like, here I am. I was trying to do that and I would like force myself and it was not working. (laughs) Do you think there was ever a sense of relief for him to be like, oh, okay, like you might be gay. This is why it's so hard to connect with you sexually now. Do you think there was relief there? Yeah, like he's like, well, that makes sense, right? Like something was a little 
off and need the rest knew what it was. Again, we can come up with any excuse, especially since like other people are going through the same thing. We just assumed eventually it was going to get better. And we weren't prioritizing it because you can't when you have little kids. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Like it was on the back burner. We were trying to do date night. I would always cancel. Like it was just, we were trying, we're trying really hard. (laughs) That's all you can do sometimes though. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So upon telling him that and being like, okay, I got to go figure this out. Did you go figure that out? Like what was the next step there? Hmm. So I still am experiencing this like giving burnout, right. That moms have. And like, I, I want to be selfish for like, the first time in my life. And I don't mean like, like not pay attention to my kids. Like they go, you know, they're still top priority, but it's like, for me, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I have to be giving myself more and more and more. And so I'm like taking it super slow, obviously, because it's brand new waters yeah. for me. As well. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it's a whole new ball game. Well, that if I'm putting myself in that position, that would be anxiety inducing just in the sense of like, is this how you talk to girls? Am I doing this right? Am I dating right? Do I have the right look? I can't even think about being intimate with a woman because I wouldn't know what to do. Like, I just yeah. wouldn't know what to do. And exactly. I, that would be like, are you having those same thoughts? In the beginning, I was like questioning it. And then, of course, TikTok to the rescue. Um, <laughs> they instructional like some, videos. Uh, yeah, there's like some pleasure doctors on there and they she said something once. Like I don't I'm not sitting there watching every video, but I saw one video and it said like you are a woman. You know what women like, you are a woman. And it's communication. It's communication. Like I think that like sometimes in heterosexual relationships like you just kind of go through the motions like you do the same thing every single time because it's like that's what you do, but communication is like a huge part of relationships and sex in general. And it, it's no different, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's more communication, I think, because it's not like assumed yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and so less words. <laughs> no, very eloquent, Linda. Appreciate it. But okay. So the next steps then moving on with your husband, right? So it's like, Hey, I think I'm by going to figure this out. Coming back saying, I don't want to, ever be intimate with you again that's the next thing and at this point like are you still identifying as bisexual identifying as a lesbian and then how do you and your husband move to the next step like how do you I my mind is blown thinking about these conversations yeah (laughs) so I, I definitely as of today identify as more of a lesbian like I think that when it comes to relationships that I need that like feminine um understanding because like to be a woman is only to be understood by women like and I'm I want that like I realize I'm missing that kind of deep understanding so it's much Um, more than sexual it's uh, on a very emotional level yeah definitely Mm -hmm. like the sexuality came first like it that smacked me in the face and then the rest like if I think about it I was actually talking to my therapist about this and I've read about it online too so my best best friend in the whole entire world has like been my partner in crime for like 18 years now. Right. When I had children, obviously I started to like lose her a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a new chapter in life and we weren't hanging out as much or, or even like talking as much. Mm-hmm. 
nothing happened. Like we're so obviously still friends, but it's like the natural progression of life sometimes. And then she moved. And um, I was talking or I read something online about how, you know, we have not, not one single person can fill every single role in your life. Right. And all of a sudden I was missing this energy that I've carried with me, this connection my whole life. And I think that's part of why I never was missing it is because it was there. Like we are super close, like, you know, and it's always been platonic, you know? And I think that's why I was never searching for it or felt like I was missing it. And then all of a sudden I was, and, you know, I've told her obviously this too, no secrets in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like you were my, you were my first platonic girlfriend and I didn't even know it. Yeah. And so I was obviously telling my husband, he's like, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. He read articles as well. He loves doing like research. And so he can better understand um, himself. And so he's like, that makes sense because it was almost like at the same time that I lost touch with her, that like everything was blowing up. (laughs) It's uh it's yeah, it's just something to be aware of. And so I think this like connection as well is, is, is emotional and it is sexual um, moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So then with your husband, then how, like you said, he's doing research to also help himself understand, probably help you understand too. I mean, if there's two minds working on it, but like he shut the door earlier he's you're referring to him as your husband yeah. you're a lesbian <laughs> what what is the situation and how did you guys decide on whatever it is that you're doing right now so we obviously came to the conclusion that he doesn't want to be away from his kids I don't want him to be away from his kids we have no bad blood right like we really are treading this new water together and I said you know like if you want I don't, I don't want to not see him. Like he's my best friend, right? Like we really genuinely have this like foundation because we started as best friends, by the way, that like, before we started dating, we were like hanging out all the time as like best friends. So, um, our house is thankfully like big enough. We have this like second living room area that it's actually just the trans, um, converted garage. And so we decided that he was just going to make this his bedroom. It's, it has a huge bookshelf. Like it's really beautiful. That's it's not sweet. like he's in a garage. Yeah, no, that's sweet. <laughs> it has air conditioning, all that good stuff, right? <laughs> the dog house. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very, it's very nice. And so we went to Ikea together. We picked out a bedroom furniture. Like we really are doing this like mm-hmm. together. And I said, like, let's, let's raise our kids together. Obviously we're still married because we are in no rush to like split assets, like to never see each other again, to never talk again. Like there's like no like rush rush right Mm -hmm. so he's gonna we're still gonna live together until that doesn't work anymore and and raise our kids because it's really stressful to be a single parent like it's hard and it it does trickle down you know when you're stressed your kids are stressed right and like some people can't help that and I feel for you like I know that this is not like the typical situation but like if this works and our kids can both have both of us and we're both happy, why not? Right. It makes it really easy for us to go. Like he went out last night on a date and like, there was no transporting the kids back and forth. Like they're in their own bed every night. And it's, this is going to work for us. 
mm-hmm. you know, for, for as long as we want it to. And as long as it does work. So he, he went on a date last night makes it easy. So, cause you know, you get to watch the kids. I'm, I'm curious how, and this is just come, my listeners know I'm like a very, um, jealous person, <laughs> like incredibly. And I'm like, you know what, even if I was a lesbian and wanted to date other people, and this is something I got to work through, I feel like I'd still want Shane, my husband to be like only obsessed with me. And I wouldn't be able to handle him dating, even if I didn't want him anymore. It's bizarre. It's perverse. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've like I've also felt this way with every boyfriend that I've had, and I used to cheat on them. I would cheat <laughs> on them, and I would want them to be obsessed with me, even if they found out and got mad at me. It's weird. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a weird desire to be needed and loved and like idolized. I don't know. I don't know. How did you? How are you navigating this? Is it difficult? So. I will say the first time he went out, I was like more nervous about how I was going to feel than I think I actually felt Mm -hmm. like I was so, I was nervous. It's like the first time, you know, he actually went on the date first. Originally it was supposed to be me, but I'm super slow. And so (laughs) I'm in like no big rush, right? I'm being selfish. And so, you know, the next day I was, um, feeling weird. And I felt fine. Like I knew he was going, helped him get dressed the whole nine. I was like, you're going to have fun. It's going to be fun. Just go, you know? And then the next day I was like, Oh, I feel weird. I feel, I feel weird. And so I really had to like dig inside and figure out what was the the deal. Right. And I think more than anything, I was just jealous that he got a night off. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's like fair. away from the kids, yeah, right? And like woke up not here and was like in a hotel room on the beach. And I'm like, I want that. <laughs> so I booked a trip uh, to go out of town the next you know, couple and weeks later. You, you just did this. And this was your first, correct me if I'm wrong. This was your first time away from your kids in four yeah. years. Yeah. Why the hell did it take you so long, Linda? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, actually, because like traveling with kids sucks, like for me and my anxiety, right? That's really hard. I hate even taking them to the restaurant. Like it's, I don't enjoy myself. So actually I do know why, because if we're going to travel somewhere and do this, it's going to be the whole family, the whole kit caboodle. I went by myself. Mm -hmm. I went with my friends. I went I could be me again without, I wasn't a mom for like 48 hours. I mean, I still was obviously, but no, like, you know, of course, of course. that feeling of like individuality was there and it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I already have another weekend book next month. That's amazing. Congrats. Yeah. No, that's huge. Also my first, I was breastfeeding and I didn't use the pump. So I was like tied to him and with the postpartum anxiety, like I needed to be with him. Like I realized looking back, I needed to like slowly, you know, and we did. And I think that's how I overcame it eventually. Mm-hmm. Cause with my second, I didn't have postpartum anxiety at all, at all. It was like the, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, this is, this <laughs> I is was nice. suffering so bad. I didn't realize it, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So uh, anyone that like, a lot of people have messaged me since I talked about that, about like the first time they left their kids. And it was like, she's like, am I a bad mom for leaving at 10 months? I'm like, no, not at all. 
everybody comes to that realization that they need that time in their own time, just like everything else. Mm -hmm. And then especially with like COVID the last two years, like I I was too excited, like to go to the Publix, right? Like the grocery Mm -hmm. store. No, it's hard. And 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 the the last two years have been so unprecedented and so different than any other phase in life for the last couple generations. Yeah, like I didn't want to leave my house, period. So that's why the four years yeah. it's it's it like makes sense when you break it down, but it sounds like a long time. I mean, I would go to dinner and stuff, but I mean like sleep away from my kids. That was the first. It it's hard. It's hard. We did we did it early. We did it at like around ten months, nine or ten months. We did a weekend away. Mm-hmm. And it was like amazing. Other than being engorged to the point of like total discomfort, it was fun. Okay, so you know, you were jealous of the night that he got yeah. out. But there's mm-hmm. is there any feelings to like not the dissolution of your marriage because you guys are still we're oh, doing that, yeah. but like the dissolution of your romantic life. Were there any feelings about toward that? So up until this point, he was really working through the emotion and the grieving of our marriage. Right. Yeah. Because I was the one who like set off the bomb, but nothing had changed. We're still living together, you know, still doing the thing. So it was like, for me up until that point, we were just living the same life because when you think about it, nothing had changed for me. Like I was the one who couldn't have sex. We weren't having mm-hmm. sex. So it wasn't like all of a sudden, everything changed. It was like, we were already living this life and we just kind of called it something. And so for him, that was more of a like moment of like aha moment. And like it changed for him Mm -hmm. because we called it something, but I had always been deep down with this like disconnect. And so when he went on his first date, that was like my moment of, Oh shit. Like we're doing the things that we said we were going to do. And it is the beginning of the end, but it's the beginning of the beginning in so many ways, you know, just something different, right? It's the beginning of something different. And I think to finalize things like saying the end or whatever, that can be so hard. But if you're just saying, no, this is a different road and we're doing that, it's easier. But then like, how does this work for the people that you're dating? Like I still live with my spouse and kids, even though my like, what's his conversation on his date? My lesbian wife is at home with the kids and I'm out with you. (laughs) Yeah, actually, you know, I think it's going to take a really level headed person to even to to be open to the situation. Right. But that's actually like a great filtration system as well to find someone good. Right. With a good heart, a good moral standing like that matches up with ours almost I think it would be different if we lived together and I was still interested in men right Right. because then there there would be that distrust worry yeah that like at some point or another if we're living in the same house something's gonna happen right but I think the fact that I am attracted to women now and like the fact that there wasn't like any animosity you know like we're still we're trying to navigate back to friendship. Yeah. Like where we were in the beginning, we just have our beautiful children now and, you know, we want to still put them first. And like, I think when you really just like lay it out like that, everyone's like, Oh, duh. Like, of course it just doesn't happen a lot. And so that's why it's like weird and new for some. Well, you, you had a really good post where you, you talked about choosing your family and it was just a picture of you guys and your kids and how lucky you are to be able to choose that. And it's like, you truly 
you guys came face to face with an issue and you chose to remain yeah. a unit throughout that. And I think that is so impactful. Like it yeah. says a lot about, about, about both of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, I don't want us to get in the middle of like our family. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. cause again, it's just like, we get along so well and it's like, I don't want to um, break that up because I want to be his only interest right Mm -hmm. like he is oh you know we've talked about this like I'm always going to love him at the capacity that I have because that's how I've been this whole time and you he is the father of my children like that is no one can take that from him like he will hold that role for the rest of our lives together and you know him the same like I am the mother of his children we you know we work together a lot um we still have a good time together and so it's like it's separate in the sense of like the role that we've pushed each other into. And so when we do have other people come into our lives, they're going to hold a different spot. Yeah. They'll be pretty cool. And you know, a lot of people are really understanding, which Mm -hmm. I think is really great. I wasn't, you know, I had no idea how this was going to pan out. (laughs) No, I, I don't think we ever know. I think everybody, every single person is faking it to a degree at all times and just going with it and flying by the freaking seat of their pants because nobody knows what's going to happen right and so he would even ask me he's like do I just like tell them like on the apps like do I just tell them I'm like I think you should like like leak it so that way you don't waste time right like tell them a little bit and if they're curious they'll ask and he told me like a couple people like totally got it and understood and I was like that's reassuring Mm -hmm. first of all second of all it gives me hope for him because I want him to have someone who loves him like romantically in the way that I like I love him as a best friend as a human the father of my child my life partner but like he needs more and I want him to have more like I I can't I can't fulfill it right do you help him scope for babes on the apps like he shows me um the girls you know we talk about them like we talk about them openly, you know, really open, like I very open, (laughs) but like, you know, and it's, it's like a weird thing. Um, but like now that this was like the second time, um, yesterday, I don't feel that, that weird first anticipation, like we're doing the damn thing. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I have like some people that I'm like kind of talking to and we talk about that and, um, openly and mm-hmm. it's it's nice I'm like really proud of us and that's what I keep picturing is when I feel because society like this is not normal right quote unquote and so it's like I keep reminding myself like why we're doing it and um when I have like like a, a minute I'm like this, this is weird I'm like no this is what we want this is the actions it will become normal you know it's just like breaking mm-hmm. down this idea and structure of what it's supposed to look like when you break up yeah. and it's like we're, we're working through that we're talking about it and it helps to just lay it all out there together you know all all the openness and the communication that you guys are striving for and like it sounds like achieving does that extend your kids like your kids are still pretty young so yeah. how how do you approach it with them are you even approaching it at this point or like I I, I approached the situation with my almost four-year-old and I'm like do you want to talk about why 
mama and papa aren't sleeping in the same bed anymore. He, they just don't care. (laughs) He, I'm like, I'm like, we'll always love you. You know, mama and papa just decided that we're going to be like best friends from now on. He like looked at me like, okay, why are you talking to me? Like Blippi's on YouTube right now. Like, I don't care. (laughs) You know, like just, and I was like, okay, maybe he's, he's still little, but I will continuously remind him that like, we are family. We are choosing each other. Like it obviously has no, no result of the children, which I know Mm. like have a tendency to blame themselves. Like I just keep like reminding myself to like, tell them how much I love them. Like remind them that we're, we're we're a happy family, you know, like it's, it is what it is. Well, I I think it is easier for kids in like in your situation, which is like so unique, obviously, but the kids are still seeing both parents every day. They're still getting the same amount of love. They're still seeing you guys interact in a way that's positive and regular. Mm -hmm. So yeah, every day we drop them off at daycare together, We pick them up together, we eat together, you know, it's like, it's just every once in a while, one of us are missing like once a week at at night or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that frequent yet, you know, but like, I imagine at some point, but again, like he um, has his own business and he, that kind of happens anyways, right? Like it's, it doesn't feel different to them. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be hard because obviously kids don't understand intimacy yet. They don't get that yet maybe to yeah. a degree right yeah, yeah. but not in in how that would play in a relationship in the context of a marriage so yeah th- and also like yeah it's been missing for mm-hmm. so long anyways it's like nothing has really we're just us as adults labeling it for mm-hmm. us you know to move forward and to the kids it's like literally the same thing has been happening for the last mm-hmm. four years so and how do you plan on and again everything can obviously change at a moment's notice. But what is your idea of, you know, broaching this as they get older and integrating this into their lives as well? Like, how do you see that happening? I, I definitely think that for first and foremost, like uh, you can tell your kids all you want, like you support them and whatever they choose to do, you're there for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like every mother says that, but sometimes they don't mean it, right? And I think coming out, um, as someone in the LGBTQ community, like that solidifies to the core that I will support them no matter what. And there won't be any shame or maybe nervousness about even telling us because it's like, they'll, they'll never have to question how I'm going to feel mm-hmm. or both of us, how we're going to feel. And then also I think about when it comes to like family structure and how, as kids, when we're unsure of something, we're scared or we like deny it, so to speak. So like friends who have like different family structures, they might shy away from it because they don't understand, but it's like, this will also like give them the advantage of understanding that people do have different family structures. They come from different and be accepting of other children who go through different things in life and not be judgmental and like, you know, have this, I, we have a really close mutual friend who um, something similar happened when he was a child. And, you know, he, he says that like, it, it really helped him be sure of himself, like in so many ways, because there is all this extra love and communication. Like there's no hiding because I saw a meme, obviously this is maybe not true, but they said like, (laughs) always trust a meme. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it said like 50% of marriages uh, end in divorce and the other half are like unhappy, right? And it's a joke. It's yeah, a total yeah, joke. Yeah. But you know, like there are a lot of marriages that people stay in that they are unhappy. And it's like doing this is, it's like given us both like a second lease on life, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? Like we get to start over, but keep not disrupt the family. That's like the whole thing. And I think that's just like something for my children to see and live through and like support and be open to the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. No. And I I think that's really beautiful. And I think, you know, the way you were saying where you want to like, just like keep integrating it into conversations a little bit, just to normalize it so that when they are able to understand context, it's not going to slap them in the face, like it slapped you in the face when you were in your journey of realization. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we give them the words and it becomes normal. It's like the whole mission of my Instagram account is to like normalize these like emotions that, you know, and all of a sudden they are normal Mm -hmm. because we all feel them. So it's like the same thing will hold true with them. Like we're normalizing something new um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to relationships and love and divorce and like, you know, the whole, the whole nine. And I think that can only benefit them later. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So you're, you're the exact same age as me. I'm 32, mm-hmm. same position, two kids, husband. I'm very straight though. <laughs> like I know. That's but, good. That's good to right? know. No, it, it, it's comforting. But I do I do appreciate the relationships that you get in women that you don't get with men. And I was having a conversation with one of my friends uh, telling her about our interview, right? Until I was telling her your story. And I had read a term because she was like, ah, oh, Man, like, and I know it's a struggle for you, and I don't want to diminish the struggle at all. But she was like, I am so jealous. Like, I wish, (laughs) she was like, I wish that I just was gay at this point. Like, but I'm not, but I wish I was. And I learned a term, it's called heterofatalism. It's when you are straight. So you are attracted to men, but you don't want to be. And you. (laughs) I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense, right? I kind of felt that way. Like looking back, there's like all these signs, right. That I totally missed. Mm-hmm. And I remember like seeing like, like lesbian couples and I'm like, Oh, that looks so nice. Like jealous for like, and I didn't like acknowledge those feelings. Like, and even just like gay couples. I'm like, oh, I love that. I want that. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's, um, It's something that like, I think of all the friendships and stuff. Like I never allow myself to like feel it further, but the connections with women like are undeniably closer. Mm -hmm. Like there's that, that deep level of understanding and I miss it. I want it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's why we're here today. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, you talk about support. We, we, we've talked about that a lot throughout this conversation. Did you feel supported? in your realization, in your coming out, in everything? Yeah. So obviously super nervous about announcing this on a motherhood Instagram <laughs> account, but. And half the mother, and you're in the States too, and half the mother community in the States is like um, the super rigid Christian motherhood community. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, well, here we go, because I was making like some kind of uh, videos on TikTok and people were like asking me questions and I was like, it's time. And like my, my husband and I, 
Um, I'm, I'm supposed to start calling him like my life partner, but like, we're still married. It's whatever. He doesn't care. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Like I'm still wearing my wedding band. It's go. whatever. We're still married. There you go. And I don't hate him. Right. Like yeah. usually when you get a divorce, you're like, ah, oh, take this thing off, throw 100%. it in their face. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's whatever. So he, I'm like, okay, I think it's time. I think it's time we tell everybody we're comfortable at where we are. Mm-hmm. Like we have a good grounding. I'm like, I'm going to write a blog post because it's way too short to put in a picture. And so we did it and I posted it and the amount of positive response that I got within like 30 seconds, I was in tears because, you know, when you post something, like, I know people see it, but like not everybody engages with it. It was like every single person that saw it engaged with it, messaged me, commented, like I was like blown away. And so, um, it really helped outweigh like we have like two people in our family that like don't get it mm-hmm. and don't understand it really offset that mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful that like we didn't tell them privately first mm-hmm. because I think obviously we did but it like it almost all happened in the same way and so if we had told them before I had told like my community I pr- I don't know what I would have how it would have unfolded And I just think everything happens for a reason and the support, like today I have like my Instagram mom friends, they're like posting pictures, wearing a shirt today that says like, namaste, extra fruity. (laughs) They all are wearing a shirt for me today and they all posting pictures of it, like showing how they support me and they stand with me and, you know, really outweighs out like tenfold the negativity. Like there's been like a couple, it's no big deal. Right. Yeah. No, that's so amazing. That is so amazing to have. Yep. And the last thing I want to ask, so I, I was reading your article in Parents, and you talked about how the moment it went from like, ooh, this girl's beautiful to butterflies and like feeling something was when it was the tattoo artist and she cut her hair. Mm-hmm. And you've recently cut your hair too. Yeah. And I was curious yeah. if that, what the, the significance of that was in your own kind of journey. So it's funny, when I met my husband, like I had purple hair and I had some tattoos and I had a nose ring. And so I felt the most myself at this moment, right? It's like when I had the kids, I felt like I lost myself. I was like conforming, trying to be this mom figure. Um, and I felt like I lost myself. Um, I literally have had this haircut once before, like, and the nose ring. And so like when I decided to be me again and like, lean into it. I don't care about like the social norms of what society expects me to look like as a mother, like, you know, all these things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get my nose pierced again. I really want it. So I started there and I got my nose pierced and I was like, I remember the feeling. It's not like, it's not just a nose ring. Like I wrote a blog um, article about this. It's like the, the giving into what we want creatively, you know, and it's, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not like, doing things that I don't, I don't even know where I'm going there, but still, <laughs> you know, like it was like a step yeah. for me to do what I want as a, as a person, as a human. And then I was like, you know, I've had this like blonde hair since I've had kids. Um, and once before, like, that's kind of like my default. And I was like, you know what? I just want to cut off all my hair. I love doing that. Like I've done Mm -hmm. it so many times throughout my life. Even when I was like 11 years old, I had this haircut, right? Like it's part of like who I am. And I think what happens is I chop it all off and then I feel like not beautiful, right? Like I let 
society tell me that this is not how a woman is supposed to look. You're supposed to have long hair. You're supposed to wear dress sexy. You're supposed to do these things. And then I like go back, I fall back. Mm -hmm. And I think for the first time since I've ever cut my hair this short, like I'm owning it. And like, I don't care. And it's like, I feel good. And I'm not going to let, you know, when you hit 30, like something happens in you too. You're just like, I'm going to do my own thing. I don't care anymore. It's the best. And it's like everything all happens at the same yeah. time. Am I chopping off all my hair? I'm not painting it blonde anymore. You know, I'm just going to be what feels right to me. I want to look the way I dress. I'm like, can't get out of my sweatpants and my crop tops. Like I'm just doing whatever I want, you yeah. know? And it's, and I would want my kids to do that. Right. Like I, w- I don't want them to conform. And that's the whole thing is like, I can only model that myself. I can't tell them because we say that to our kids, like you be you, you be happy, you do the things you want to do. But it's like, if I don't do it, I don't mean it. Mm-hmm. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> and also like blonde hair can make people happy. Like, trust me, I was enjoying it, but it's like, I've changed a little bit. I'm, I'm acknowledging things inside of me that I wasn't before. And, and here we are. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I think there's something beautiful that happens to women in their thirties. Cause I have yeah. been feeling it for two years when I hit 32, I'd say I felt it even more. Yeah. And it's just a sense of self peace and self-respect that I have not felt at any other point in my life. And it's like, Absolutely. just, I'm digging it. And I think it's yeah. going to get better. I just think it's going to yeah. keep getting better. I love it. For sure. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful thing. Well, Linda, I think that is the most beautiful place <laughs> to bring our conversation to a close. Where can <laughs> listeners go to check you out, your story, your podcast, everything? Um, so it's really simple. If you just go to Google and like type in through some motherhood, you can find my website, my Instagram, my TikTok, some YouTubes, like all the things. And I have a website. It's fruitsofmotherhood.com if you just want to go there and like everything is collectively brought together for you. Beautiful. Thank you so much, honestly, for sitting down with me today. This has been like like everything else, like following you a joy. Thank you and so much. It has been so fun. Getting to pick your brain. 100%. I'm in any time here for it. I love it. Linda, you are wonderful. Thank Thank you you so so much much. for your time today. Hell yeah. Take care. Have a great weekend almost. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Wow. Shane, I had so much fun having that conversation. And just afterward, I just kind of sat back and I was like, it couldn't have gone better. Everything I want, because I t- I totally felt like I picked her brain and I didn't know if I was ever overstepping, but she was so good at just kind of being so welcoming with my questions. And it, like, that's just her nature. And I, I'm, again, so grateful for her time for that interview because I had so much fun. Yeah. What a score because she's kind of very in demand and yeah, oh a little my God, bit yeah. tricky to book that interview. That Big went time. through a, a few incarnations, but we're so grateful to have her on and, uh, you know, maybe we'll have her on again in the future. That'd be a blast. Um, but moving on to the Trend family. Now, this is one I sat in for. It's kind of a fun interview talking to like-minded people yeah. in the social media sphere. And, you know, I feel like they are us, but like the best versions of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're so good and kind. Us with a better work ethic and uh, more chill demeanor. Yeah, I couldn't imagine them stressing out. I'm sure they do, but I'm sure they don't <laughs> externalize it where they yeah. make their partner, you know, 
pull their hair out, <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically speaking. But uh, I do love you, Alex. And Oh, you know, I love you too. Thank you. A lot of hyperbole for the pod for entertainment reasons tonight. <laughs> but yeah, let's get to this interview. But before we do that, let's tell everyone who we are supported by. We are supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. It is the first, but have I ever told anyone that it's the best? (laughs) I definitely don't think you can say it too much, Shane, because it's true. And it's crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories. So Seedlip spirits solve the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Nothing's worse than being out and drinking one of those sugary mocktails. Tell me about it. Tell me about it now. I just did. It's the <laughs> worst, can, man. Well, it's sugary mocktails, soda, or water. It's just boring. So now you can go out, skip the booze, and not feel left out when it comes to your social life. And whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using a bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals, and each of Seedlip's three variants, so Spice 94, Garden 108, which we had tonight, and Grow 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a splash of tonic. They can also be used to make more complex cocktails like the ones that you'll find in the Seedlip cocktail book, which is where we got our recipe, or on Instagram at Seedlip underscore NA. So head on over to SeedlipDrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code ThisFamilyTree10 for 10% off of your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. It's available in Canada and in the US. And again, that is SeedlipDrinks.com and ThisFamilyTree10. But we are also supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. Mini Miosh believes in quality, like wild, amazing quality over quantity, and they make the best basics for your littles. Like we're talking fashionable wardrobe staples that are soft, comfy, timeless, and can be passed from kid to kid regardless of their gender. And it's easy to get on and off your children. Oh, yeah. And that, to me, is the best thing of all, actually. Well, not that our kids ever want to take them off because Lucy will wear one of the dresses to an event during the day and then want to sleep in it at night. And it is so practical that she can actually do both things in the same outfit. Well, and she's going potty so much now with this UTI (laughs) infection. It is really convenient just to be able to get it off and on without all the hassles. And, (laughs) you know, buttons are a nightmare on a lot of outfits. So They design well and they're also on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it and they believe that every little bit counts so you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on instagram and facebook and if you use the promo code this family tree 15 you're gonna get 15 percent off your order this is available in canada and in the u.s and again that's minimiosh.com and this family tree 15 but without further ado let's get to vith and abby the trend family Hello. Can you see Hello, us? Hello. Hey. Wonderfully. How How's are you guys? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you are. Hey. How are you guys? We're not good. Today's not no good. Today was, the, I think, the worst day since we became parents was today. It was so, guys, it was so wow. hectic. Our kid has, like, a terrible bladder infection, and she won't poop anymore on the potty. So she's, like, only pooping in her pants because she's scared of the potty. That's a lot of information off the top. but And she's yeah. lashing out against her sister, like, in a kind of a pinchy, violent way. And it's just, oh, and she had to get the medication at bedtime and it was. Which is why this was pushed. So 
Guys, thank you for being so gracious and allowing us to push this interview. Absolutely. And kudos to you guys for the dedication. I know. know. It takes some serious dedication. I know those, you know, hectic parenting days. So, yeah, we're like, it's fine. Don't worry. We can reschedule this. No, no, no. I want to and I want to get to it. Like I want I've been so excited to talk to you guys because we've been like connecting on social media since I think we both started our accounts like three and a half years ago or something and it's been so fun to follow you guys and watch you grow and see you do all these new projects but you know as we're saying parenthood is crazy life is crazy and i mean we're barely keeping our heads above water right now but how do you guys do it like how do you keep your heads above water I mean, I think, I think, like you said, it's like a constant, like, struggle trying to find the balance, right? Because we're kind of on the same page as you, like, <laughs> life gets pretty hectic, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we were just talking about burnout. Um, we felt a little bit of burnout, like, for the past two weeks, I Kind think, of, yeah. Right? Yeah. Where we just didn't want to do anything. You know, you just had that, like, very lazy feeling. We're just, like, fighting it, fighting it. And then showing up for our son and just being there, trying to be present, you know, like he's also in the phase of like a little bit of lashing out and it's fun. It's been great. (laughs) But yeah, like we're honestly, it's just, I guess like talking to each other a lot, Mm -hmm. like today. Yep. And then sometimes we've been trying to find that balance of like chill. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, you know, a lot of things have been like, as you know, like, when it comes to work and social media and like even putting yourself out there mm-hmm. can be kind of draining too. 100%. Right? So, you know, sometimes just trying to find the balance of like, okay, you know what? I know I had all these, you know, kind of commitments, whatever. Let me work on those. Let me get those wrapped up. But then let me try to at least schedule a little bit of time for us or for me. I think that kind of helps here and there as well too. You know? Now, what's, what's the scheduling, the time for yourselves or for each other look like? Like, is that a date night? Is that like a mom's night out, a dad's night out? Like, what's that look like? We do like one of each. We try, we try, try. So we always do a date night. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a priority thing. Um, we do work together a lot, a lot. So we're always talking about work. So we don't get to just like connect and just hang out like we used to. So we always try to do a date night every week. Uh, this week, we finally get one. Last week, we skipped. That's why I feel like I was feeling that burnout. It's kind of in my routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like schedule regular girls nights. I mean, ever since the pandemic has allowed us to, I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to get on that. Um, it's just something that I need as well. And same with you. You try yeah, to hang out. I do too. So I always try to like, you know, schedule something where it's like a little bit of a fun time, you know, whether it's getting out, hanging out with the boys or playing some basketball or something like that. But sometimes I could be like a weird hermit too, you know, <laughs> I need a little bit of time where it's like just me yeah. by myself. It's really weird. <laughs> but I need that time to kind of just recharge, you know, kind of get everything like, you know, in order. I don't know my thoughts maybe, but I feel like it always helps. So peace and quiet, you know, you guys know how it goes with kids. There's no quiet. It's so, never, no. never. And it, I feel like social media has become a full-time job for us and yeah. I have a full-time job. And yeah. then I feel like kids are a full-time job. So oh I feel like goodness. I have three full-time jobs. Absolutely. So like, do you have other jobs besides social media or is social media... Yeah. So we do social media. We recently, so I know she's talking about burnout. So we're recently in the phase of pretty much launching a 
event space and like photo studio in Toronto. Congrats on that, by the way, guys. It looks yeah, wow. beautiful. It looks so beautiful. Thank you so much. So, you know, we're pretty much launched now. So just kind of getting that kind of getting that figured out. It's kind of like having like a newborn baby in yeah. a sense to make that comparison. <laughs> but, you know, it's the growing pains and trying to figure that out and learning like what that new baby is like as well. Um, and then we also do some more stuff. I'll let you go into the marketing stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, we do run a marketing agency as well. Yeah. So that was that's initially our bread and butter. And the reason why we even started like putting ourselves out there on social media was because we kind of wanted to learn the back end of you know, marketing and all that stuff, especially like influencer marketing. At the time, I was like, oh, like, let's learn more about it. Let's just look into it, content creation, whatever the case was. So it's kind of like, you know, like just learning as we go. We started that when we had uh, Zay, our son, so three years ago. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> no, 100. It, it sounds like fun. And you guys have been very successful, you know, just watching you grow has been so fun. But that's a lot of time together. And, you know, Shane and I feel that too. It's like you said, Abby, you're like, oh, we just talk about work all the time. That's what we do too. And it's so hard to take ourselves out of the work. Like even our date nights, we turned into work. Like we also started podcasting on date nights. Really? Oh my gosh. It's fun. It's fun, but (laughs) it's, it is hard to take. So like when you guys do have a night out, do you set boundaries? Are you like no work talk or do you just kind of go with the flow? So I have to say we usually do just go with the flow, but there are the days like, well, it's, it's been the past couple of weeks for me with the new business, the photo studio. That's something that um, it kind of put me out of my like comfort where I I've never really like built something where it's like there, like it's a place that you go into. Like I've never really done that. So it's just like wild, like learning a lot of things. We have other partners as well. So they're like really into like real estate and design and stuff that like scares me. So yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of scary. It's always like every single day I felt like I was like out of my comfort zone. So when we'd have the date nights and this would start talking about our new studio, I'd be like, okay, no, like we're not doing this, <laughs> we're not doing this right now. Cause I like my brain needed the break or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, it's hard to get in the mood sometimes if you're stressed out about work. In the mood for what? Well, let's not talk talk about what happens on date nights too explicitly here. We have guests. I I honestly didn't know what you were talking about. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopi, you're talking about. Whoopi. Whoopi. But what is the key for you guys if you were to impart any advice on somebody, on a couple? What is the key to working together successfully? Yeah, you take that one. I don't know. That's a tough one. You have some, maybe I can take it back. Who, we? Okay. Well, okay. For me, communication. Initially, we we went to school together. Okay. Yeah, that's where we met. We met in university. So we worked a lot together already. Uh, We literally had the same exact majors, right? Mm -hmm mainly because he wanted to copy off me. I'm like, what a <laughs> easy way, you know, to get the degree. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's what it is. So we kind of like learned a lot. We liked doing projects over like exams and tests like that. We already had that in common. Mm-hmm. So when just like a little backstory, like not too long, but I didn't never wanted to work a nine to five, like just like not my thing, but I well, like I, up until I had my son, I worked a nine to five because I had to, right? 
So when I went on maternity leave, I'm like, okay, this is my time. I didn't know how hard it was. It's so hard. I was like, okay, maternity leave. Let's start a business. Now I look back and I'm like, I'm so happy. I did that. But at that time, it was like, wow, this is hard. It's like having twins. Yeah. Yeah. So like at that time, I was like, um, we didn't really, I think with the whole postpartum thing and, you know, it was like starting a brand new relationship. I don't know if you guys felt that, but after having a baby, it felt like a new relationship because there's like this like third party involved Mm -hmm. who's crying constantly. Well, and, and you have to be there for each other in ways that you never anticipated and ways that you have never had to be there for each other before. So yeah, I, I completely get that. And I think that's such a great, such a good point. Yeah. So for me, I think like communication was key. And I know it's, it's just so cheesy to say, but it was like, I needed that where we would talk like literally 24 seven. And, you know, sometimes it was about work, but most of the time, it was about how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. How is this going, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for me, like, that's like, the main thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah, check-ins are definitely important to be like, okay, you know, sometimes things get really hectic too, right? Stress, yeah. whatever, deadlines, deliverables, all that stuff. So even just taking a step back to be like, yeah, we're working with grinding right now, there's all this stuff on our plate. But really, though, are you okay? <laughs> you know, like, you know, can you handle this? Do you need some help? Like, yeah. where can I kind of maybe, you know, maybe we could prioritize differently, kind of figure things out. I think that's that's been really important. And I think that kind of helps. Mm-hmm. But also it goes both ways, right? So it's a good and being like, yeah, I can help you. But also the flip of it, where it's like, you know, you do have to critique each other sometimes because, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, you know, we all want to be lovey-dovey and we don't want to, you know, <laughs> sometimes hurt our partner's feelings. But at the same time, you know, it helps when someone can be like, you know what, Vith, you know, take a step back, you know, look at it from like a different perspective. Is this the right approach? I don't know. So that that always helps too. And just knowing that we're working towards the same kind of goal at the end of the day, and this is what we're working towards. And, you know, knowing that we're kind of on the, coming from the same angle, we're not going against each other just to, because we hate each other or whatever. (laughs) I think think that's always helpful, right? To have, like, think of things from that kind of a perspective. Even so, you know that intellectually, but does it work when you bring it into practice? Do you find you are hurting each other's feelings, maybe even though you know you're trying not to? Um, I think at the end of the day, we're all humans, right? So emotion is <laughs> part of you know, and like anything, right? Like of course, it's innately easy to be like you know that's kind of offensive, or whatever. But you know, when you always kind of take that step back and be like, you know what? Sometimes it's probably for the greater good. You know, we're working together whatever it's you know something constructive after some time you know it always kind of comes back and you know you get that realization no i was just gonna say i feel i i never made this realization but i feel like you do not get offended like even like we have a team and stuff and they're very critical too but like me like i don't know what it is maybe is how i was brought up like wait like this is like getting into therapy now but I feel like I I'm so used to getting like offended by like what something that I am working on anyways like internally but um so that was actually a big thing where Vith or even I mean it was Vith mostly because it's like that's like my best friend who would 
like critique me or say, oh, you know what? This isn't that great queen. Like redo it, whatever the case was. Then I would like automatically get offended, which was like, it just counterproductive, right? Even like teammates and stuff, I would understand because I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's work, whatever. But with him, it was like a lot harder. So it was something that I had to like get over too. I, I'm with you on that though. I, I find it harder. Teammates, coworkers, whatever. I can take the criticism happy when Shane says something even though he's helping me make it better for the team and for our family it's like it's harder to hear and I get my back up quicker and I'm like so much quicker to defend myself and be like no you're wrong like, stop being mean and then I get all <laughs> <laughs> you, never, you don't talk like that you're wrong stop being mean that's how I think my no, thoughts yeah. but uh no, I, I completely get that. But I, I want to ask, you know, you brought up, you went to university together. Where did you go to university? And bit, did you switch your major just to like try to get with Abby? I think the switching majors happened after. Okay, so okay. Like, yeah, so, uh, okay. So I guess to answer you, so we went to UFT. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, that's where we studied. Uh, we ended up with a psych and a, like a biological anthro major. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, somebody's definitely, uh, those are weird majors. Somebody's definitely yeah, switching yeah. to get with the other person. That's yeah. right. That's right. So I went in, like, I went in with the thing going, like, so I was going to go do something else in the, at UOIT, so Oshawa, and they had this forensics program. So I thought, oh, you know, I used to watch a lot of CSI. <laughs> pretty cool, right? So that was, like, lost, you know. I feel like, you know, at that age, you really don't, it's hard to decide, you know, what do I want to do? It's hard to say. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to do this. <laughs> But my mom, being the brown mom that she is, she's like, you got it to UFT for, like, bio? You're not going there? And I was like, yo, lady, like, chill. You know, I don't, I don't really want to do this. But then somehow my mom, like, emotionally manipulated me to, like, go to UFT. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it. You know? So I went there. I wasn't really, like, serious about it, obviously. I'm like, okay, let me get this degree, and then I'm out. I'll figure my things out, right? And I was like, okay, so I'm just going here. And I really want to go to my classes. I'll just be like fooling around, whatever. Like, so I was really into basketball. And UFC, they had a really nice gym. And I had a buddy of mine from high school went to UFC with me. And he used to love basketball too. So we just naturally end up being like 8 a.m. class, go to chemistry. Like, I hate this. Let's go play basketball. So 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're playing basketball. After that, you're tired. You just want to go home. So that's, that was like a regular routine. And then I started finding her. I'm like, oh, so what do you, what do you study? Like, what do you do? <laughs> you know? And then we had a lot of mutual classes. So that's how it kind of came about. I'm like, I need some help. Can I borrow your notes? You know? The classic and, moves. Yeah. Classic moves. That's right. And then just naturally kind of evolved that way. Now I'm like, oh, this is what you're studying? Okay, let me let me switch up my classes, you know? Nice. See, that's, that's smooth. It makes it feel natural. Abby falls for completely, obviously, as we can see now. But Abby, so like he got into your, you know, school world. Do you ball? Do you ever play ball with him? Um, I try. I tried during the pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had like no one to play with. I'm like, okay, I got you. <laughs> Let me do this. Because uh, we have, we live in a condo and there's like a little like hoop and stuff downstairs. And Zay was not like big enough. Well, even now he doesn't really, he kind of understands the game. He's trying. He's better than me now, but. Uh, that's pretty so good. yeah I try I try here and there but 
now I'm like, oh, Zay, go play with your dad. See, we're tr- we love basketball and we're trying to get – I mean, I'll take either one, either kid at this point, but we're trying to get Lucy in a basketball because she can do more at this point. But she yeah. sucks. Like, is she yeah. ever going to be good? I, if she's three, it's early to say. Well, she could still turn it around. She can't catch. Guys, she can't catch That's anything. True. Like, she just puts her hands out. She doesn't yeah. even try. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to teach a three-year-old, like, these things. Like, I've been trying with Zay, too, and he's like, you know, he's like, I'm down for two minutes, and then and I'm then over this. And then you like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I saw the Tiger Woods doc. Tiger was, like, smashing balls, like, 300 yards when he was two and a half. <laughs> right? <laughs> he was hitting it. I don't think 300. Well, yeah. it, far for a kid. And it makes me jealous. Like, is it is it too early to push a kid into something gently? What do you guys think? Someone once told me seven years old is apparently the perfect time. Seven. For That's sports. kind of old. Eh? Yeah, so they're old enough to kind of know, like, oh, I, I kind of like this. I kind of don't. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like, you know, I think they, I think maybe they're a little bit more comfortable. I don't know what it is. But someone once told me seven is the perfect age for, like, actual maybe organized sports or something. Maybe give her some time. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense because parents get their kids into things really early now and then specialize them really early too. And then, I don't know, I see, I see it floundering sometimes. I see the kids hating it sometimes. But right. you guys are trend family. This is your handle. I want to know what's behind the trend family and who has the last say when it comes to the family style. Clearly, we can't speak much on style right now, but uh, <laughs> this is what this is what you guys are here I for. Mean, yeah, I really like our household. Don't judge me. Yeah, so she definitely gets the final say. I think it's me. Yeah, she's yeah. you know she's the one with that that style vision. I have to say, you know, so she's always like, no, you gotta tweak this up here and there. So yeah, yeah. Usually, right? Yeah. I think. It's it's a combined effort, but it's <laughs> So the trend and trend family, that's referring to your clothes? I always thought it was maybe you were on every trend, like TikTok trend or something. So, okay, I'll tell them. Okay, so basically, when we were in school together, right, I was into dressing up every day for classes, you know. I would try to take pictures. It didn't go anywhere, like back in the day. What do you mean pictures? What does that mean? Like modeling? Uh, no. Well, yeah, I did a little bit of modeling when mm-hmm. I was younger, but like I would just wear a cool outfit and I'd be like, yeah, take a picture of me. It just didn't go anywhere. It was on my phone. Like mm-hmm. who knows where they are? It'd be funny to find them now. So one day he kind of looked at me. He's like, maybe you should do something with these pictures since you keep on taking them to every uh, every party, whatever the case was. So I started a blog and I just needed a name. And Vith came up with the name Trend Toronto because it sounds cool. That's literally alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. So we started up. I started the blog, and then I kind of started posting random pictures. And this was a really long time ago, and it was on this like platform called Blogger. I don't even know if that's around anymore, but so I started that. And then I think a couple years later, we started a blog on Instagram called trend toronto and we would like go around the city and try to take pictures of the cn tower and like do all all the torontonian things yeah we really didn't have any direction so we didn't know (laughs) this is like before the term influencer existed this Mm -hmm. is like we had no idea what the social media world really was going to be right we're just like a bunch of kids we're like oh this is you know tumblr these blogs they're kind of cool you know like oh it's pretty cool so it's just like 
messing around. And then, and then we realized, oh shit, like this is becoming kind of serious. And then it was like, oh, you can actually make income from this. Yeah. And that's kind of how it snowballed. And then we're, we had that handle Trend Toronto for a while. And we're like, you know, we naturally evolved. Like, you know, we had Zay, things like that. We're like, this name doesn't work. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything anymore. So then it was like, okay, like, I think we need to rebrand and change our name. Like, it's more like family inclusive now. Mm-hmm. We're not really doing these like highlighted Toronto spots anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So then that's how we're like, what, what can we name ourselves now? Yeah. Right. And then we decided, okay, let's keep that trend part. And then we'll just throw family at the end of it. Yeah. So it's literally a very long story and it has like no relevance. But yeah people think our last name is trend which would be cool that, that would be very cool <laughs> that, that would yeah. work very well but yeah. no Vith, you said something in there that i'm curious about you know just the fact that you guys like started doing this like taking pictures trend toronto going out and doing this thing even before a lot of people realized that influencers could make money and Vith, you were saying your mom was like no you got to go to uf uft you got to go into bio you got to have this like pretty classic job, right? What is her thought? And Abby, I'm not sure your family's thoughts on it, but how, what do your families think of it? Because I can tell you ours, they get it, but they still don't, they still don't get it. Like I'll be working from home one day and then all the parents are like, oh, we're going to stop by. And I'm like, no, I'm working from home on social media stuff. And I really have to spell it out for them every time. That's right. It's, it's funny that you say that. So we have like, we have like this joke around all the time. So like, you know, our parents' perception of, you know, success is like you have this, you know, illustrious nine to five career. You're like a doctor or engineer of some sort, you know, doing these weird, you know, sort of professional careers. But in the beginning, when we started this, my mom really would be like, so like, you know, when people ask me, like, what do you do? What do I say? <laughs> that was their biggest concern. Like, what do I tell them? I, I'm like, an influencer. <laughs> and then at that time, it was like, uh, I, I don't know. Don't tell them whatever you want. I don't know. Right. And that was like a classic long time battle of like, I don't know what to tell people what you do for work. It's weird. It's whatever. And then also on the flip of it, they see certain things on like, like, you know, social media and stuff and be like, Oh, but like you have time to do this, but you don't have time to do that. Oh yeah, there's that. You know, and yeah. that's like yeah, our family, but it's like a it's a, a bunch of people. Like even like sometimes we found that within our immediate friends, extended family, they'll be like, oh, like you know, come like shoot the shit with us. We're hanging out, we're doing this, but then we have like you know some sort of project due, or you know we're at like some sort of an event. We're invited to an event. We're there. We're working, but to them, it's like. Oh, you just ditched us to go do this. Like, yeah. they don't they don't get it. But I'm like, no, like, this is my job. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is how I put food on the table. Like, you know, I, I need you to understand. But it's it's hard to also ask somebody to understand too at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's that's not that's not really fair. Yeah. But you know, it's it was hard. It was really tough in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know. So at what point did things change where they started seeing some success maybe and then they backed off? Great question. Yeah, that's a great, great question. question. Uh, I think it was earlier this year. Earlier this year. Even then, I think there's still yeah. a little bit of like that doubt around, you know, it's still like, yeah. you know, do you guys have a real job yet? Oh, my like dad, that? like literally anytime, like I'm, because I drop off, say like for the weekend or whatever, anytime he has like 10 minutes just with me, he'll look at me he's like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you eating? Uh, do you need any money? Like, 
everything okay? I, every single time. And it's been a really long time now. <laughs> and every time I'm just like, dad, I'm fine. Like, it's fine. But yeah, even with him, like with my dad, he kind of semi understands it. But to him, it's like, but why don't you just go do this job? And then you don't have to think about it. He sees like how long it takes us to like do certain things. Mm-hmm. He's like, why are you working at 8 p.m.? I don't get it. Why do you have to do this? And it's like, God, I, I like to do it. That's why I know mm-hmm. it sounds weird, but like, I actually like my job. And that's why half the time I'm like working on it at night or whatever the case is. And, but yeah, he still doesn't get it. I don't know if he ever will. will it's, <laughs> it's hard, especially with different generations. And like, so my family, they came here from Poland and growing up, my babcha, my grandmother would always be like, you know, to my brother, you need to be doctor or engineer. And then to me, you need to marry the doctor or the engineer. (laughs) And it was like every day. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to marry a doctor or engineer, like great plan. But it's, it's so different, but those things do get ingrained in your head. So now during the day I teach and Shane has a job directing, and then we do this every other second of the day that we aren't doing that and it is tough and sometimes even I have a hard time wrapping my head around what we do like we get to talk to awesome people for interviews we get to like sort our shit out publicly on podcasts every week and it's it's so it's so unusual and sometimes I find that I get what is it imposter syndrome yeah Yeah. do you guys ever get stuck with anything like that yeah, they have a lot of imposters. I have a lot of imposters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think I think it you I think you said it perfectly. I think it's the fact that from a young age, there's certain things kind of ingrained in your mind. So, you know, for me, I'm in a similar boat as you in the sense that like, you know, you gotta be like a doctor, engineer, something like that. Right. So similar case as your brother, I guess. And then it's like, okay, so now I don't work a traditional nine to five job. Right. So sometimes like and I used to do the whole corporate, like I did corporate jobs and I mm-hmm. worked at student high life and getting up at like, you know, six in the morning <laughs> to catch a train. And I'm like, I absolutely hated that. But then it's still like, you know, that old world of like, you know, that hard work, like, you know, spending that sometimes that's eight, nine hours, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh shit, I'm not doing that, but I'm still doing my thing. Like it's still working. So it's sometimes it's like that, that old stuff that's like ingrained in you and trying to you know, get that kind of like reparent yourself in a sense. Sometimes yeah. it's tough. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of adds to that imposter syndrome. And then also, I don't know, sometimes it's that like, maybe it's, maybe it has something to do with confidence and stuff too. I don't know. 100%. But, yeah. Right. Sometimes it's being like, oh shit, like, oh, this is, this is kind of working. Like I'm actually doing something productive. I'm helping people. I'm helping the community and it's whatever we do. Right. Cause it's the social media aspect of it, but also on the the production agency, the marketing agency side, it's like, oh yeah, I get to work with all these, you know, entrepreneurs and like help them really, you know, build their brand and become successful. And, you know, in turn, that's helping them and helping other people because they're now employing people, whatever, right? And then even with the studio now, it's like, it's kind of cool, I guess, having like a physical space because everything we've been doing is kind of, there's no that, it's kind of intangible in the sense that there's no touch and feel, right? Everything is digital. We work in like such a digital space that it's like yeah sure you built this platform and whatever but it feels like sometimes it feels like yeah, not, not real yeah. i don't know <laughs> like it's it feels kind of weird right but then uh to take now i guess with the studio to take a step back and actually be in there 
every day sometimes i'm like well oh, shit this is kind of cool you know we we did this i guess right mm-hmm. yeah that reinforcement i guess that kind of helped but i have a lot of imposter syndrome yeah. i feel that all the time yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and Abby, you, you don't struggle with that i don't know so mm-hmm. uh, taking it back to my dad i was telling him and he's seen it with they now my dad is a great dad. Okay. It's weird. But um, even growing up as a like a South Asian uh, young woman, it there are times where we're battling certain people in our community. I mean, I'm sure you've heard about it. There's a lot of things that we're battling growing up. But with my dad, like he's always like really instilled that confidence into um, my brother and I. So we we're good at different things. Um, my brother's like really great at building things and he's just so confident he he can take anything and like just like build whatever he needs I'm not good at that but <laughs> with um, <laughs> a confidence factor like I find that like I do have a lot of confidence and mm-hmm. just kind of like I can believe in myself and usually it's like okay like I can get this done let's get it done it's okay like let's get it done so I have that mentality obviously I have my days and like like my weeks sometimes where I'm like struggling <laughs> but um again that communication thing comes into play I'm able to talk to him about him like I'm feeling this way and then I kind of like like work myself out of that but yeah I mean that's why when I see him dealing with that I'm just like what are you talking about you built this or you're doing this like and I have to kind of like reinforce it but I'm I'm working on like saying things like like to help him cope with that because even like the imposter syndrome like we only took it in like I think like the end of last year or something yeah 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 pretty recently which like we've been together for like a long time yeah like 10 years so it's like oh okay this is something you're dealing with and we need to work on it you know what I mean Mm. Yeah. And, and just like after you have kids, like you said earlier, when your relationship changes and the way you need to be there for each other changes, as it does when you get in a business with each other. Because again, it's just opening up all these new facets of your relationship, all these new stressors that you don't know how to deal with because we're learning too. So like I'm learning how to deal with this. Shane's better than me at it. But he's learning how to deal with me in this. And it yeah. is tough. I, I always say to Alex, if you were my employee, I would fire you. <laughs> but he would have fired me 150 times. Because it is like I'm the boss and because we love each other, you know, you can kind of take advantage of the other person knowing that they're always going to love you. Is your relationship like that where one takes more of the boss role and is like, we got to hit this, this and this and the other one's more of the employee? Or do you feel like you're both the boss in your own way? Great question. Sometimes I feel like I'm like the boss and I'm I have certain things that I need to you know like it's a deliverable or whatever the case is I'm kind of like explaining it to him and having him understand what I need and then a lot of the times like you kind of take the lead on that and you're like we need to hit these numbers or whatever the case is um he also deals with our team for trend social a lot so like in that scenario, I am like an employee at that point. I just deal with like communication and um, like emails, like things like that, as opposed to like taking on a bigger role for um, our marketing company. I guess, so, yeah, I guess that that yeah. question is a little bit tough because we have our roles that we play in different situations. 
right? And I guess for different things, it's kind of different. So when it comes to like, you know, the content aspect of it, I'm like, I'm the employee there, you know? So I'm like, okay, you know, Abby, let's go tell me what to do, whatever. And then that's, that's for like the whole, you know, the behind the scenes, like, you know, getting things ready, what to wear, what are we doing, whatever. But then when it comes to like, actually, you know, let's say setting up the lights, cameras, whatever, then she'll be like, you tell me what to do, you know? I don't know, like I'll, I'll step back and I'll let you handle that. So we, we kind of have like, we always define our roles whenever we try to do some ventures. Mm-hmm. So there's no like, you know, stepping on each other's toes and things kind of flow. Um, and we always try to play our part, even though we are sometimes stepping on each other's toes and with, oh, yo, yeah. no, got to do this, get this done, or we got to hit this target. Yeah. But it's kind of juggling like where, where it fits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I heard someone say before that you're the closest to success when you're about to quit. And I yeah. found for us, we've been at mm-hmm. a few points where we we weren't going to quit, but we were talking about quitting almost to challenge each other to see if the other person cared. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then we had a huge leap. Yeah. Like wow. we just had a massive leap. We got like 15,000 followers within two months or something. It was like, wow, this really Thank changed. Thank God we didn't quit. Yes. <laughs> Has that ever happened where you've had the conversation like we should quit whether you felt like you really wanted to or not, but you had the conversation about quitting? I think a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes the imposter syndrome does lead yeah. to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and sometimes that's like a huge factor in like being like, you know, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's like you're right. Those sometimes those tough moments and those periods where you're like, you know, I'm like, I'm ready to kind of give this up, and then mm-hmm. you take a step back, and then you're like, okay, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. You have the biggest sometimes opportunities, leaps, whatever the case, and you're like, oh shit, it's kind of worth it. You know, yeah. uh, so I think I think with like, you know, and you guys can obviously attest to this, too. Like when it comes to running a business, there's so many times where, you know, there's like, oh, things are great. Things are awesome. And then it's like dips and valleys. And then you just go through this dip and you're like, oh, shit, like what is happening all of a sudden? You know, it's yeah. like things are getting tough. And, you know, there's these clients applying this type of pressure on me. Oh, shit. You have to deliver whatever the case. And those sometimes get tough. But then, you know, you always know there's another peak coming at the end of it. I guess sometimes it's taking that moment to be like, oh, shit, okay, just let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. That's when the, those kind of breaks and those conversations and touch points kind of kind of help too. But yeah. yes. <laughs> so basically, like, uh, I, I was even talking about you guys to him recently because burnout did hit, like I was telling you. And with social media, I, I mainly started to connect with people mm-hmm. that was literally what it was to me it wasn't anything about monetization or anything like that um it was just to be creative whatever fun but i felt like the fun was taken out of it for the past when it became work yeah when it became work right which we still have fun with it when we're creating like our organic like funny content but we haven't really been doing that recently so yeah the past week i think we were looking at your channel especially on tiktok and everything (laughs) It's inspiration. Inspirational. You guys are putting out like amazing yeah. content. Thank you. And we're like laughing yeah. our heads off. Which yeah. is, like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Just, we needed that. So then yeah. we're just like, that. Okay, yeah. Uh, we love the community. So it's like, it's great to like yeah. see you guys growing and thriving. So we're like, okay, inspiration. It's good. We're going to get back right into it. It's going to happen. So. <laughs> no, and, and it always does, right? As long as you're 
working at it. And I totally appreciate that. One if thing- you saw the bickering that went on <laughs> behind the scenes of these funny skits that we're shooting, it would, uh, yeah, it would open your eyes. And if we're doing it all in front of our neighbors and oh stuff, my guys, it's, it's so embarrassing. Because <laughs> we're actually on our porch out there and all of our neighbors hate us. They because- don't actually hate us. They just think we're like two young goobers. Like we're the youngest yeah. people on the street. Yeah, they don't understand what we're doing. No, yeah. absolutely not. But one thing that you guys said that I think is so uh, key is that you have, you clearly define roles when you're doing things. So like one person's the boss in different at different times. And I think it's so good because then it helps your partner to manage expectations. And I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was so good because that's something that I need to get better at personally. I think we as a team, I'm going to speak on behalf of the two Who, of me? us. Yeah, oh, you. Okay. I think we could get better at that. But I think that's good. However, you also mentioned you guys have been together for 10 years. Yeah. Okay, not so newlywed, but we used to play games all the time on this podcast. Haven't for a while. We're going to play a game if you guys have a pen and a paper somewhere. She's just yeah. springing it on you. <laughs> I can get a pen. We haven't done this in a while. This is a perfect night. All right, cool. I need a little fun in my life right now. Yeah, I'm down. I am down. I keep having paper. He's gone to get does he need a it, piece of paper? No, you only need one pen and one uh, paper at a time. Well, and he's going to have to like remove himself. To... No. Well, he can, he might be able to hear. No, no, he he can write it down first and then, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. No, this is good. All right. So guys, just a little insight into our life. When we have little time on date night, one of our favorite things to do is play the newlywed game. So like we will pull up old episodes of the newlywed game on YouTube because they're like ridiculous and so funny. And we will answer the questions as they ask them. We will play along with the mm-hmm. other people, the contestants. Yeah. And we'll see. We can gauge our love based on how terrible or great we do. With it's the really show. fun. It really is. Yeah. No, it is funny. So, guys, we're going we're gonna to play a little uh, a little quick newlyway game. All right. All right. So, like, can we get music on this, Shane or Erica, our editor? Erica's going to do it. Yeah. All right, Erica, we want music here. We want to make this fun and festive. So, what's going to happen? I'm going to ask Vith questions first. Abby, you get the pen and paper. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to answer. That's not a lot of time. Sometimes I know. That's what we got. We're going to do it speedy. She might need more time. Okay. Well, this is, okay, you, you got to be tough. good. All right. You're going to have to answer. You're going to have to write down an answer in 10 seconds. Vith, you cannot look. I will jump through the screen and come uh, at you if you look at uh, what she's uh, writing down. Okay. And then after 10 seconds, you are going to say out loud what your answer would be. And then gotcha. we're going to see if they match. Perfect. And we'll, we'll see what a good match you guys are. It all comes down to this, people's perceptions of you. Uh, I'm kidding. Yeah. All, right. But- <laughs> <laughs> all right, Vith. Yes. Who is Abby's top celebrity crush? Don't answer yet. Abby, take a couple seconds, write it down. Vith, you think about it. Okay. We need like a timer noise. This is going to be funny. I don't know. This is a tough one. She always changes the, these, you know, celebrity crushes up. You know? It happens. On a regular basis. See, so. Shane's got an arsenal of like 20. No, I don't. Yeah, it's I'm always like, the same. Well, okay, five. But I have to like, you know, mm-hmm. got to keep them all straight in my mind so I don't get too jealous. Who, who's mine? Well, Margaret Qualley, probably number oh, one. Oh, you're right. She's she just up came there. out with a new show too. We got to watch. Made. I was going to say Shannon Sossman. But yeah. 
That's a big one. All right. Vith, who is Abby's celeb crush? This is a tough one. I'm going to go on a whim here because this has been a safe answer before and I've actually gone this way. I'm going to go with Rihanna. Oh. Oh, Abby. That's mine too, by the way. Oh, this time. Okay. <laughs> Went with the guy. Like, this he's time. like, this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you always pick it up. It goes like, you know, one day she'll be like, yeah, I, went, like, I love like classic. Beyonce. Yeah, and then yeah, next yeah, day yeah. it'll be like Chan Tato. And then one day it'll be like, oh my God, Ludacris. Like, I don't know. Can I keep up? Oh my God. I like yeah, Ludacris like, being the celeb crush, though. I don't think he makes that list often. So I put down Trey songs oh, Trey again. Songs. Another yeah. Yeah, I should have known that. I should have known that. Jeez, Vith. Come I'm, on. Stay on t- Shane, who's my celeb crush at the moment? It's always that guy in the kilt. What is his name? <laughs> um, it's that show. What's the show? Highland Outlander? It's, Out- it's are Outlander. You, are you into Outlander? Either of you? No. There's this now guy I'm- who stars in the show. He wears kilts. Yeah. <laughs> and you're He's like hot. really into it. What's it's- his name? Sam Hewen. Sam Hewen. That's that's it. But it, it's it's typically I think between Sam and Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you okay. Go. Which one would you have said? Well, Serge has been you posting some pretty fashionable pics lately, so I appreciate that. Again, just okay. for the fashion. All right. Next question, Vith. What habit of your wife's is the most frustrating? While you think about that, Abby, so you have to answer from Vith's perspective. Can you repeat your question? <laughs> what, what habit of your wife's is the most frustrating? Okay. There's a lot. Oh God, there, there is a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shane, while they, while they think, what's my most frustrating habit? Well, I know it. You tell me if oh. you, uh, let's see if, if it aligns. That I forget stuff? I forget to do stuff? similar in that world it is that you say you're gonna do things mm. that i ask you to I do i never do them. and then you don't do them and then i'll ask her to do them again and then she'll say yes and then she won't do it and then i'll ask her again and then she still won't do it that's like you too yeah, yeah that's like you too that's like you too mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right abby you have an answer there yeah i do all right Vith, let's hear it. abby's most frustrating habit you know the doing one, like, you know, asking her to do something and not getting done, that happens way too often. Um, <laughs> but since you took that one, I'll, I'll, I'll think of another one. Oh, there's just, I'm just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm trying to pick, like, the right perfect one. <laughs> the right one. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, we're all on social media all the time. So sometimes we'll be in, like, some serious discussion or meeting or something right like it's like super (laughs) super important i'm like okay like you know trying to like figure it out i'm like okay you know i I always call her app so i'll be like hey i like okay you got that right and then she'll like just look up and be like huh i'm like something super serious we have a client on the line or you know something serious is happening just that huh is like, oh my god. I think you're hot. That's just what it is. No, I, I, I think I think she's just watching too many stories. It could be that. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you write down? I wrote down procrastination. Oh my god. <laughs> you're just saying that. So yeah. which one which one then is worse? Procrastination or daydreaming? See, they they both have their moments. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, sometimes when you're on that important phone call. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's tough. I do it often. And there's a client on the line too. Oh my god. 
All right, next question. Last question. That was a good one. Last question for Beth. What would Abby say is your best physical feature? Okay, so you think about it. Abby, you think, and you got to think about it from this perspective again. So what does he think you think his best physical feature is? Uh, it gets convoluted, guys. It, it's an actual game. There's strategy to this. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Oh, well. Hmm. What are you thinking? What am I thinking? <laughs> Shane, what do you think I think your best physical feature is? <laughs> um... <laughs> My my eyes. <laughs> your I think your eyes. Oh good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think I would say to you? About you? Mm, I don't know. My my eyes. I don't know. They are big and nice. <laughs> Little too bulgy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, your smile. <laughs> Thank you. Shane yeah. says I look like Rodney Dangerfield with my no, eyes. I, I don't know if you know him. I he do. looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like Rodney. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Beth, what would Abby say is your best physical feature? Okay, so this, this is a pretty funny one. There's a backstory to this too, okay? Let's hear so, it. Yeah, recently we're, so I'm always super last minute with getting clothes, okay? So it's like our friend's like wedding and it's like literally the day before. I need to go get a dress shirt, okay? So I'm trying on these dress shirts, I'm trying them on and all the sleeves, like instead of going to my arm, it just stopped like quarter way, okay? And then, and then to make me feel better, this girl goes, you know what, Vit? I always like your big shoulders. So, <laughs> so I love it. Yeah. I love it. What'd you put? I actually put shoulders. Hey! Say that, because he was so upset. And he was just like, nothing. I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset. It was just like stressful. Yeah. Last minute, we're like running to the mall. And then the mall closed at 8. We're in yeah. there at 7 p.m. Yeah. Okay? So I'm like, yo, this is rough. Yeah, it was all. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I like those shoulders, though. To make you feel better. Yeah. There you go. A pair of shoulders keep you feeling safe, strong, better to hug. It's good. All right, guys. So we got we got one for three on that side, which is pretty good. We only got one for three too. But uh, switch her up, Vith. You take the pen and paper. You gotta think like me. I know. I gotta think like. Yeah. You get in that. Get in that old brain. <laughs> All right. So Abby, what is the most romantic thing that Vith has ever done? So don't say it yet, Vith. What's the most like for her? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the most romantic thing Vith has ever done for you? Vith, you got to think about what Abby thinks is the most romantic thing you've ever done. Vith is panicking right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have I done enough romantic things? I don't know. <laughs> I do a lot of romantic things. Is, is, he, is he a romantic guy, Abby? He is. He is. Like... Yeah. Oh, so I, he has he has many. so many things going on right now. That's the yeah, problem. I don't know what I'm thinking. Oh there's there's a couple key ones. Are there? Are there? I mean, I thought there were. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> I remember a good one. What's the romance most romantic thing I've ever done for you? Oh, when I was gonna get late when I thought I was getting laid off from my job and you made like a little package for me. Mm boxers and stuff in case yeah. yeah yeah no it was nice no it was good yeah no that was nice yeah i used to I, well what about training into toronto I, I used to take the train in toronto like every single day to see you 
Yeah, that was just necessary to commute to see me. Like, I traveled to see you. I just Otherwise, we couldn't see each other. All right, all right. I thought it was romantic a little bit. On the train, there's something romantic about trains. Yeah. All right. But, Abby, what is the most romantic thing Fifth has ever done for you? Okay, so ever, it would have to be our engagement. Oh, Wait, curveball? I'm sorry. Go for it. <laughs> I was thinking maybe that one, but I don't know. Damn it. Okay, yeah. but anyways, I'll tell you the story anyways. So basically, he like he planned this whole like extravagant engagement, which I didn't really expect. I was just like, oh, if it happens, then it happens. But he was kind of telling me like, oh, you know, I don't really believe in the whole getting engaged thing. Like... You know, it's whatever. And I, I really wanted it at the time. I was just like, oh, but I want a ring, blah, 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 whatever. Um, fast forward, he had planned this like whole like thing with my friends and family for like, I think like four months or something. Yeah, like, I had, you had, I had the, the ring. ring. For, yeah. And then he took us, took me back to my school and like did this whole like decor thing. It was nice. So wait, did you, you guys got married in when you were, sorry, engaged when you were in university or is this like? No, it was Post, after, post, yeah, yeah. It was after, but we just went back to the school for, yeah. What's the decor thing? What's that element? What do you mean? There was like flowers and stuff. And you asked one of our like mutual friends, so she's good at like Decor and setting up. things up. So yeah. she set up like this table with these lights. Like, it was actually pretty cool, you know? <laughs> there was like candles that they lit up with like some flower petals and all that stuff. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, you did, you did well. Okay. That's but awesome. What, I, I, now I put something basic compared Wait, to what, what'd you put? So I put your last birthday surprise. You were oh, pretty loud. that was nice. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, me and Zay, we filled the whole bedroom up with like balloons. So we woke up, the whole place was like filled up and she had like breakfast. We, me and they did a particular stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, you know, sometimes it's 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 the less extravagant yeah. things yeah. that just happen on the everyday and like, you know, makes makes yeah. at home times and everything feel so much but more both special. Both things were pretty extravagant. Both yeah. things were yeah. pretty extravagant, yeah. The balloons are tough. I have to get die, I guess. I don't know. What is it? I'm a simple thing. <laughs> do you ever do simple romantic things or does it always have to be like a notch above? No, I think I think simple is the best. I think yeah. sometimes the classic ones are always the best ones. Like, they involve food. You know, I like, like yeah, I yeah. feel like, you know, nice classic, like, you know, even if you just get to have like a nice peaceful dinner together, whatever. I think sometimes those are like the best. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right, guys. Next question. Abby, if you wanted to impress Vith on a night out, what would you wear? So on a date night, we'll say a date night. If you wanted to impress him, what would you wear? So essentially, what does Vith like best on you? Okay. <laughs> I think I know this Okay. You already got it? You already got your answer? That was yeah, fast. Yeah. Oh, he's got an outfit picked out, Abby. When you're ready, because he's—he seems so sure. Ready. I'm just wondering how descriptive you're being. Just go for it. <laughs> he didn't have enough time to be too descriptive. He has still nine I, seconds I, left on Alex's time clock. Uh, yeah, I would just say like a form-fitting dress. Damn, yeah, good job. I put dress. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 Usually he leaves. Anytime I ask him to pick something out, it's like a. 
very form-fitting dress, which, you know, COVID weight is not helping me with, but it's all good. You can still find places. I mean, you guys are in Toronto, right? Yeah. Like, if you're right in the city, there are definitely places you can go dressed up like that that are open now, and that's good. What what would you pick for me? Uh, Something to wear? Um... What is it? Not not this school shirt. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Jeez, I don't. Uh, did you have like leather pants or something? Yes. Yeah, I like those. <laughs> <laughs> you look good in those. Yeah, I like yeah. those. I like those ones. They were uh, like your trademark for a bit. I yeah, thought. I haven't yeah. pulled them out in a while. You know, mm-hmm. after the kids, but they they do fit again. I put them on recently. They fit again. Well, so there I was you like, go. All right. Now you know. Yeah. What about me? Oh, probably just like. Uh, well, you never wear them, but I really like, and I think, you know what I'm going to say? Short shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I think more men should should wear short shorts. Like, yeah. I mean, like, guys, like. They know. <laughs> like, way up the thigh. I think guys look great in them. Look at the old NBA days. Everybody was in short shorts. Uh, they looked amazing. It's flattering. I think it's flattering on men. Okay, I'll put it on the list. All right, last question, guys. And this is a classic question that I got straight from the newlywed game. Oh. Where is the most interesting place that you've made whoopee? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. There's been a couple interesting places. I don't know what you're thinking. What are you thinking? I don't know. See, Alex, well, they're <laughs> thinking here. Do you? I, well, I do you make have sure an they don't cheat. Let's well, they're see. not going to cheat. All right, my answer. I don't think we've been that interesting. Well, the one in, in location. Well, what about when we were at a cottage before? Oh right. Yeah, and there was like a bunk bed, and there was like someone right. like below there was, us. There was a roommate. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I saw <laughs> I love it. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. You know? No, we made a fort, guys. We 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 made a fort in the bunk bed, so it was like kind yeah. of its own. Oh yeah, they were below us. It was like someone was they were beside cross. us. Yes. Anyway, I think I brought that up to him the last party yeah. we were at. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right, Bit, do you have something written down? I do. All right, Abby, where is the most interesting place you've made whoopee? What are, what did you write? I wonder. Because <laughs> I mean, like, now we're gonna reveal two places. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. There was this. There was okay. I mean, when we were younger, this was all when we were younger. Now we're just boring. But <laughs> it has been um, COVID. Yeah. Um. There was like this one place at our old school. Is that no, what you that's wrote? exactly what it was. <laughs> Is yeah, that what you're... yeah, the bathroom, the upstairs. Just like a really yeah. gross. It it was really gross, honestly. But like, <laughs> so honestly, the school was massive. Okay, so there's so many like you know weird places that you can go on, like you know in this building on like the fourth floor, and just like no one there. And it's like usually like faculty, like we studied staff the place, and all this you know, stuff. Where it's like yeah, yeah, there's no one. No one there. So there used to be this one bathroom, you know, study breaks. Sometimes you gotta, you know, be stressed. Now, were, were you guys the only people at U of T who knew about this secret whoopee spot, or I, did you well, have to like wait in line? Oh no, I don't. I don't know if anyone knew. Like, yeah, I know. don't know if anyone yeah. knew. There was like, a, like one time that somebody like knocked on the door, and I was just like, "What? Did somebody discover a spot?" Oh, so this was multiple times this happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It's just their yeah. spot. That's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, no, that's at least semi-regular. 
<laughs> we didn't live together, you know. Yeah. Can't can't take your girlfriend home in a brown brown house. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to make no, do. Got to do what you can, guys. I respect that's- that. And you know what? I think that's the perfect place to. Uh... Oh, I thought you had a confessions question. Do you not well, want to they ask? They just them? gave us lots of confessions. Oh, okay. They the that's interesting whoopie spot. Okay. That was a lot. Well, guys, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for getting in on the game. It's been so long since we did a game. It was fun. Made my heart happy. You guys make my heart happy. You are so fun to watch. You're so adorable. And I love what you put out there. But where can listeners go to check you out, check out your projects, check out uh, House of Light? Take it away. Go for it. Well, you can just visit us at Trend Family on IG. I have a link tree, so all our links will be there. And they can even check out House of Light right there. Yeah, and House of Light, I guess the, if you want to throw in the IG handle there, it's <clears throat> at thehouseoflight.to. Yeah. You know, we'd love to have you guys in. Yeah, we, we need to have you guys, guys in. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm going to Toronto next Monday for an event, and I'm just I'm just excited to get back in there. And then yeah. we will – but it, I'm, I'm going alone. We'll figure out a time when Shane and I can go up, and uh, we definitely want to come check it out. Hell yeah. 100%, yeah. I should have a question for you guys, if, yeah. you if you don't mind. I know we're the guests and everything, but, <laughs> you know, I want to ask you guys a question. So we're really inspired by your content and all the work that you guys, you know, put into really creating your content and things like that. So I guess it's a two-part question. So one, you know, how do you guys get your inspiration? And two is, you know, what motivates you guys to just keep, you know, grinding and keep like pushing out this content? For me, it's what I've been doing since I was 15. Like I've, I've always worked in television. I work in short form television. So my day-to-day job is making 30 second commercials. So I work at uh, much music and TSN. I, I make those commercials. So my brain's always thinking of that type of content, whether I want to be or not. Right. And so it's not that it comes naturally just through working for so many years. It comes naturally to me now to do that work. And a few years ago, Alex approached me when we we were eating breakfast and she just said she wanted to start an Instagram account, Mm -hmm. not knowing how much work would go into it. But I knew it was going to be quite a bit of work. (laughs) And I just really had the desire to for her account to be successful. Mm -hmm. So I became obsessed with just it growing. And that to me is what I get. It sounds weird. It's not so much the content. It's watching the content Mm -hmm. make her account grow is Mm -hmm. what drives me more than anything. And so that is such a dangling carrot. You always want to get to that next marker. It's like, if we get 15,000 followers, we'll feel really good. And then it's like 30 and 50. And imagine one day we got 100,000. We'd feel like, I don't know, we'd be at some sort of utopia. (laughs) But of course, once you get to 100,000, then you just want a million. But I do like that carrot always dangling. And that's what drives me, just Mm -hmm. for my answer part of it. Yeah, no, for me... I like working with Shane ultimately, even if it leads to arguments and bickering, but that's mostly because I'm a selfish person. I like having him to myself. So I love that. Like I love being able to to work together. Uh, I'm motivated by connection, especially like when you're a new mom, it's hard and I love people and I'm very extroverted. I'm very extroverted. Mm. So I love making connections with people and I like oversharing because then people overshare with me and it makes me feel good. It makes me feel validated. And I'm also motivated by money. Like, mm, That's I, a very honest <laughs> answer. Wow. And yeah. uh, 
it's nice to see a passion project and I know you guys touched on this, but it's nice to see a passion project actually be able to help our family do things and get things and put food on the table uh, because it's fun to do. And, you know, it does take the work out of work, even if when it's tough, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Love Love it. (laughs) Thanks guys. But truly, honestly, so happy you were able to sit down with us. This has been so much fun and we are neighbors. I say we get a two on two ball game going at some point. I would love to play basketball. That's my favorite sport. Yeah. He's like super happy right now. Amazing. Amazing. In, in guys. Thank you so much. Have a lovely rest of your week, weekend, night, all of it. Yes. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Good. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Nice meeting you. It got fun there at the end. So fun. So fun. And honestly, <laughs> need to play that game more. It was 100%. a blast. I'll and play I it every week. Well, I love. No, I mean with like other people because it was so fun. I like seeing them kind of. You know, not that they were like bickering or anything, but I like seeing them kind of get into it. Imagine they got a divorce after this episode. Like, Over what? I, I I like to think that we have that impact on people. <laughs> no, we just imagine we just thought they were cool with everything. But afterwards, it just caused a huge. <laughs> It'd be no, kind of interesting. But uh, no, it was so fun. I like that they got so into it and that they were down to answer anything that we asked them because, uh, you know, some of those questions got a little spicy. Like what, the uh, whoopee one? Whoopee. Whoopee. Okay. Speaking of spicy, we're here at the mailbag segment. This is where Alex takes your questions. That's right. The listener questions, looks them up online, does the research, answers them, and I'm here to give my two cents if need be. All right. We start off on a pretty personal note this week. Uh, First question, how is Lucy feeling? So Lucy, as mentioned, she has a a UTI. She reverted back to diapers because she developed this like insane fear of the potty after being constipated for a little bit. And then she started holding it in so much that she gave herself a bladder infection. And her butthole still hurts a lot. Well, that's the thing. So we think she she has a fissure in her in her in her rectum. So we got to give her a lot of bran and we're trying to soften her poops and keep them soft so that she loses this fear because she is back in pull-ups and she's been totally nighttime potty trained for about a year. So it's it's a big deal. And she was poor thing last week and the beginning of this week. It's been brutal because she has been in so much pain and just so not herself. And then finally, she finished this course of antibiotic and the doctor called me up on Thursday night and they go, oh, her cultures just came back and she now needs an even stronger antibiotic. And it's like a super antibiotic that I can't even get at the regular drugstore. I have to go to some special drugstore and it's $100. So it's just nuts. I feel so bad for Lucy. Uh, it's covered though, right? Yeah, 60% of it's covered. At my work though, we have flex dollars. So anything mm-hmm. that's not covered, the flex dollars scoop it up. Yeah, no, which is so, amazing. Good to be in Canada but it, and have it, benefits, I guess. Because if you're in Canada don't. without benefits, you're, yeah, you're, screwed. you're out of luck. Like that's, that's really tough. $100 for a week of antibiotics is mm-hmm. hard. I think if you're in America, you might think you just get free healthcare without mm-hmm. even having insurance at your job or something. Yeah, so Lucy's starting to feel better, but it has been really tough and it's been, you know, super hard to watch her go through it. Uh, Next question, equally personal. How are you feeling? And of course, I guess this is in regards to postpartum rage and all of those feelings. And like you'd expect, 
And like we kind of talked off the top, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling weird. I'm feeling a little ragey. Um, Coming out in lots of different ways, you know, whether it is just like total frustration at myself. Usually the rage, it's it's all internal. And then I just feel like combusting and then I have to leave and punch a pillow or something like that. But this week, it kind of, it came out in the form of strongly worded emails. And two, what you will do is you'll say something kind, but then you'll mouth something like rude. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll be like, okay, Shane, I'll get that. You motherfucker. <laughs> And, and then I see, I can see your lips and I can see the words that you're saying, but you're just, they're just not coming out of your diaphragm. Because <laughs> I don't want to actually say them. I just need to. It's much scarier not saying them. <laughs> Please do say them next time. <laughs> Anyhow, Shane, we, okay. Shane almost brought this up before. We have been working. I have been working since August on this major renovation we're getting in our house. Like we're getting a new fireplace put in, but we have to demolish stuff, rebuild a whole wall. It's like it's a big deal. And mid-September, I finally settled on people that were going to have a fireplace for us. They were going to do the whole renovation for us. Things were looking good. And demolition was supposed to happen today. And then, you know, we we're supposed to get the installation next week. Didn't happen. The people called me, told me that it was all going to be delayed by at least another month and a half, at least. And that was it. So they were going to have to push everything back. And I was like, we can't have like the demo was still going to happen. We can't have a work unsafe working conditions like a construction area in our main living room with two little kids for a month and a half. So I wrote like I'm raging, furious about this. Because I had foreseen all these problems and I brought them up to the company and they assured me, I mean, promised me that they had ordered all of their materials way earlier and everything would be there on time and that they were very diligent about that for this reason. Even though I said, I heard from directly from the fireplace people, everything's going to be delayed. They promised me it wouldn't be. So I told them in the email, I said, it was, look, I'm not happy with this. Like, I'm going to have a work area in my house. Going forward, I want you guys to do the work. You do beautiful work, quality work. But going forward, there needs to be full transparency. I need to be in the loop. I need to know what's going on. They write me back. Well, Shane, tell them what you said to me after I wrote them that email. I forget. You tell me. You told me that they weren't going to like us. Oh, yes. Because I had suggested that you send an email like the one you had written. Mm-hmm. But I asked you to send it way before and you had sent it after we had already spoken to them and kind of made a little bit of headway or progress. And you couldn't wait to send this somewhat, you know, not mean, but intense email. It was firm. It was very firm, but a little bit too late. You know, it was a little bit like George Costanza in the jerk store. (laughs) And I just saw it and it was it's finely worded. But I said to you, they're not going to like you anymore or us mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they dropped you. Yeah. So they called me the next day or emailed me the next day and they said, we're not a good fit for working together. And again, guys, it was not a rude email. I was firmly asking for transparency going forward. And this is an expensive project. So they must have really hated you. My down payment was $5,000. So they've put that back in our account. And we're they know still they waiting haven't. For they it. still have it. And... Uh, They dropped me and that made me so furious. And I think it's so much more than 
You think them, it's a women's rights issue? I think it's not a women's rights issue, but I think it's a an issue with them. Well, women have the right to be treated equally, and you don't think you were treated the way it would have been if I had. Well, sent yeah. It. So I think if Shane sent that email, because you know it's more common or more appropriate, you know, in society's eyes, to see a man being firm and saying, "This is what I expect when I'm paying you all this money to do my renovation." They're expecting that, and I think they would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, of." of of course, or no, whatever. They would have said, they would have probably called me and said, Shane, let's go for a beer, suss this <laughs> out, watch the game. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? They would have been fine with it. When I send that email, even though I wasn't rude, I wasn't mean, I was solely firm asking for transparency, they probably looked at it and thought, well, this is a crazy bitch. And then Ooh, I was going to say the B word, but no, I'm so furious at them. And I'm, I'm furious because I know that's what they were thinking. And the guy who I was dealing with wouldn't even discuss it. With, like, it was it was so infuriating. So I called them and a woman answered and we were speaking about it. And I explained to her my whole situation and how things had kind of, you know, been going south for a while on their end. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally understand all this. Like, you're, you know, I get it. I get why you're, why you want transparency. And then she was going to make an appeal for me. To the boss, because she understood it when I explained it to her on the phone. And then I just called back. You and I talked about it, Shane. I called back and I was like, you know what? You're right. Things are soured. Let's not go forward with you. And now we're just doing it on our own again. So we're kind of mm-hmm. at square one. That was a personal question. It, what, what was it? How how are you doing this week? Oh, yeah. what, what, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of the most personal questions I've had in a while. I'll tell you how I'm feeling. <laughs> Well, do we have another personal question? No, no, no. We'll cut it. Okay. What's your favorite Halloween memory? So I got two. Oh, that is Shane, while you think. So one of my favorites, it was like every Halloween from, you know, seven until I was 10, whatever the ages were. Just all the friends from my neighborhood and all of our parents, we'd all get together at my house. All the kids would have their big pillowcases, you know, ready to go out trick-or-treating. And the parents would fill up their like thermos mugs with like specialty coffees like you know special coffees like yeah yeah. or wine or whatever and we'd all walk around together and it was so much fun then at the end of the night me and all my friends like there'd be so many kids and we'd all just dump out our candy bags and sort through our candy while the monster mash is playing in the background then all the parents would be sitting there like you know stealing our Reese's cups and drinking their whatever and it would be such a fun time every single year moms and dads kids and on like just thinking about that i'm so nostalgic for that and i'm so excited to do things like that with betty and lucy like it was so fun and then my other favorite halloween memory because the first memory was pretty generic i must say yeah no like, but it's just like it's yeah it's the thing that oh, you yeah, do on halloween. yeah I, I agree yeah my second favorite halloween memory i had my first kiss on halloween what's his name i'll kill him zaya zaya he was at a school dance and I was dressed like a pirate. I I think he was dressed like Zorro. And uh, we kissed at the school dance. That old rebuff. Ooh, Zorro's a handsome man. Zorro is a handsome man. What, was this a handsome young man? He was no Antonio Banderas, but he was okay. Okay. Yeah. He was more funny. He was Continue like, with the memory. <laughs> or is that it? Just the fact that you had Yeah, no, kiss. no. We made out of the school dance. And made then, out. Uh, it started out as your, your first kiss. <laughs> Went to tongue? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't just a... No, no, no. It was like, it was like a full like oh, 15 Oh, that must seconder. have been disgusting. <laughs> you got to ease in. 
no, 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 no. That's what I appreciated about Zaya. I think we, we both had the same mindset. We just went for it. We're like, let's get it over with. It goes peck, kind of open mouth, then a little bit of church tongue. And this is like every year, I think you jump a bit. That's how the kissing's supposed to go. No Not way. Full on make out. Yeah, full on make. Grade Ugh. nine dance, Halloween, full on make out. Grade nine? You're just a kid. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Can we move on to my memory? Let's do it. My memory. This isn't a great memory, by the way, but uh, it was cool for me. I'm saying it's not a great story, I guess. I had every year I tried to put a lot of effort into my Halloween costumes, but I, it never came through like my effort. I'm just not an artistic person in that way. I can't put costumes together. I'm not good at makeup. People in my family aren't really good at that. So my costumes were always lackluster despite me wanting them to be really good. One year I was kind of, I don't know, depressed over my abilities to get a costume. <laughs> and I, I gave up. I just went to like a value village or Talis and I go, I want to be Bart Simpson. And I point at this. It's and you know, these costumes, it's a plastic smock that you wear and the smock just has the character painted on. So you're just wearing a piece of plastic with a drawing on it. And then the mask was a piece of cardboard with the thinnest piece of like stretchy rubber band at the back that always breaks off. And I just feel like a loser. I'm walking around like trick or treat. I open, like the first door opens, I'm like, trick or treat. Everyone's like, Bart Simpson. Oh my God, mom, get over here. It's Bart Simpson. The mom comes over and she's like, Bart Simpson and freaks out. And it made me feel so good. I had like tears streaming down my face, like beyond the mask. Wait, how old are you? Uh, I was like, what, 15, 16? I'm kidding, Alex, it's way too old. I like that you still appreciate me. What a kind-hearted woman. You're still going to awe at 15, 16? That was really cute. You shouldn't be trick-or-treating that. Are you? No. That's a separate issue, but I will serve anybody with candy that comes in a costume. Yeah, the older you are, in fact, the more likely I'm to give you more candy. You know, but you you come in a costume as a 16 year old, you're getting candy for sure. And oh, I'll if do you're it with 40, a smile. You're getting the whole thing. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. What else do you want? Drop your watch in there. But yeah, it was a really awesome Halloween experience. And it just showed me that. Oh, maybe there's not a lot of people wearing these shitty Bart Simpson costumes, and that makes it unique. And Bart was a character I loved, so sometimes it is the thought that counts when it comes to the costume. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's so cute. How old were you, though? I was probably 10. Yeah, no, it's adorable. Seven, maybe in between seven and ten, one of those. I do like the image of you as like a 15, 16 year old being so happy Mm -hmm. that you're crying. That really warms my heart for some reason. Well, I I couldn't tell the story as good as I wanted to because the people who opened the door they had accents, and I just can't do the accent, but it just made it so much better. (laughs) All right, next question. I like the Halloween one. All right. Any tips for a first family holiday together as a blended family? So they're going on vacation as a blended family for the first time. I don't have experience with this, but I did a lot of research. And I just, I think these are great tips for whether you're going with like new friends or yeah, blended family, other family members you don't see maybe all the time. First off is don't bind yourself to expectations, especially like this is your first trip together. Don't assume that you're all going to like the same things, right? Or that you're going to hate the same things, that you want to do things on the same schedule. 
Don't set up expectations. Keep them low. And if you have expectations, make them known. Communicate things. The next one, create new traditions while honoring old ones. So if like, you know, the other side of the blended family, they love doing this one thing at the beach and maybe it's not your cup of tea. If they love it and it means a lot to them, get in there with them. At least, what if it's robbing tourists? <laughs> get out of here. At least watch supportively from the sidelines as they, you know, go up and steal that old lady's purse. But su- support it and show show uh, reverence for it, I guess, in some way, and then find new things that you can do together to create new memories, new traditions, new things so they could say, oh, this is what I do with my family now. Next, eat together. Not only that, but make the most of downtime. And this is like travel time, driving in the car, sitting in an airplane. Make the most of all that downtime to get to know each other, to play games, to make memories, tell stories, talk about your day, about what you want to do tomorrow, things like that, because that can bring you so much closer. And those quiet moments or moments that might seem like tedious and annoying, like traveling, they could actually be so great for bonding. You know, and so much so much bonding does happen in those times. And lastly, give the kids a say, especially if they're not your own kids. Give them a say, figure out what they want to do and go with it sometimes if you can. And if, you know, if everything works out, because then they'll feel respected. They'll feel like you do care about them. They'll feel seen. They'll feel heard. And then they'll just think you're cool for wanting to do things that they want to do. So Those are the tips that I found. Shane, do you think you have anything to add? Theme parks are nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little something for everybody. Yeah. I find just if it's a vacation and you actually have events to go to, sometimes people Mm -hmm. just have a chill vacation. But maybe if it's your first blended vacation and you're normally more of a chill hang on the resort the whole time, maybe make those little excursions a little extra special. Yeah. No, I like that. I like having something to do in mind. Yeah. And and there you go again, too, with creating new memories and like new traditions, right? I like that. Next, are most of the products you guys use naturally based? Are you trying to live a low-tox life? So it's like, think of the society we've been, we live in. It's impossible to live low-tox day-to-day. I mean, just the amount of cars out on the streets, right? So within our home, if I can decrease the amount of, you know, toxic chemicals we're bringing into our home... I want to do that just because we get so much exposure every day in every single thing that we do. So it's like, hey, if I can buy shampoo or buy cleaning products or buy deodorant without these chemicals that I'm already being exposed to all the time, then yeah, I want to take that route. So just a few brands that we love, obviously True Earth. We love True Earth. We love doing our laundry with them. It's like effective and it's, you know, it's great for the environment. We love routine deodorant. Oh, it's the best deodorant. It's, it's, it's the amazing. strongest deodorant too. And it, like it takes away my postpartum mm-hmm. BO and takes away Shane's stress sweat BO. And there is a lot of debate whether the toxins in the aluminum deodorants mm-hmm. are actually bad for you. But I would think, and I'm no expert, that they have to not be great for you. Well, But I don't know. It's like if you can eliminate, you know, exposure to heavy metals or toxins in an easy way, why not just do yeah. that, right? Because we do have so much exposure. Well, we got some pushback once, so I just I wanted to mention this because there is a, a lot of debating going on on either sides of the fence. Absolutely. Uh, we love Hello Bello. Again, they try to stay as you know plant-based as they can. They're really great. And Andalou, if you're looking for a really good, you know, 
kind of plant-based shampoo, no uh, phthalates, no parabens, check out Andalou. They have one. It's like some orange cream scent. It smells like you're washing your hair with a creamsicle. And it just, it's really nice. That's like my go-to shampoo as it is for, uh, for, you know, no chems, but make sure your stuff doesn't have phthalates and parabens in it. Cause you, you get enough exposure on the daily. I don't think you need it in your, your, your makeup routine. Next question. I never feel rested. Is that just motherhood or is it poor sleep? It's motherhood and it's poor sleep. It's poor sleep because it's motherhood, right? So fatigue can be attributed to poor nutrition. It can be attributed to hormones, lack of sleep, stress, boredom. And it can be eliminated if you address any of these causes, right? But I mean, obviously in other cases too, and speaking from somebody who has lupus, it can also be the symptom of like an underlying medical condition. Uh, However... There have been two recent studies that have come out. Uh, they were conducted by the National Institute of Health, and they describe a very distinct type of fatigue known as parental burnout. But parental burnout is often referred to as mommy burnout, and I'm sure you guys have heard of it, because it affects mostly mothers. So the symptoms for parental burnout are specifically related to the role of parenting and everything that kind of encompasses. And then mothers... You know, it's more than just the role of parenting, but it's exhaustion related to pregnancy, postpartum depression, and then just the ongoing responsibilities of child rearing and breastfeeding and being up at night and all the little things that you do in the day that you think in the day to keep your kids moving and keep them alive and keep them healthy and developing. A few symptoms, like if you're thinking, okay, I might have mommy burnout, I might have this mommy fatigue, the symptoms of it are and there's so many more, but feeling drained and emotionally empty, emotionally distancing yourself from your children, losing control either verbally or physically, a sense of guilt, shame, and loneliness related to exhaustion, the fear of being judged, and thoughts of possibly harming yourself or your children. I never feel like I have good energy levels. And I feel like this was a problem before kids even. It just always felt like I have no energy. And Shane, you're a guy though who takes on so many projects. You all like as long as I've known you, you have always had so many things on the go. And before kids, you like you were going out more more of social life, things like that too, right? So it was like every day of the week was booked up either with work or you and I were going out or you were going out with friends. So there was yeah, something still, every day. I wanted to do things, but I didn't necessarily feel like I had the energy to do yeah. them. And maybe I, I maybe I always felt like I was one cleanse away from being <laughs> healthy or, you know, I don't know. It's just it's always there. I never have energy and I'm mm-hmm. I'm waiting for a, maybe a month where I work out every day straight and maybe I'm in good enough shape where I'll have energy every day. But what? I never have it and never have had it. That's what the Peloton's for, baby. Yeah, I know. I'm really am looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. But yeah, that's it. Oh, I, I do want to add to that on uh, mommy fatigue. You know, if you need help in whatever form that is, if that is doing what I, me and Shane do, and that's, you know, me sleeping in a little bit in the mornings on weekends now, because I can, I don't have to be up at 6am, Shane will watch the kids and I'll go back to bed. That helps me. If you need to go to therapy, do that. If you think you actually need to get prescribed something, do that. If you need help at home, hire a babysitter if nobody lives around you. You know, I hear about moms saying, oh yeah, but I have no family, no friends around me. Like I'm living well, in an area where I don't know anybody. For people either. No, but 
if you need to take drastic measures, that's your drastic measure. Hire a babysitter for two hours and sleep. Get out of there. Something. Because you can't go on like that, especially if your symptoms are, you know, some of those on the list were pretty severe. If your symptoms are getting like that, you do need to take drastic measures. But watch out for yourselves as parents, as people, you know, always make sure that you are caring for yourself. But yeah, that's a pretty, we covered it all this episode. I know. We laughed, we cried. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you could give us a five-star rating, a review. You know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But uh, thank you so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast. Episode 107.